Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Uncommon People podcast. This is a show about ordinary people and their extraordinary stories. We've all lived our own unique lives, and I believe we each have so much worth sharing from them, and I want to listen to these stories and learn from them. If you think you're ready to have this sort of conversation and give others the chance to listen to it as well, uh, please do reach out to me. My website is joeltimothy.co, and all my contact info is up there so you can get in touch. In this episode, I sit down with Abby Boss and chat, and I hope you all listen to the whole thing and that you get a lot of value from it and learn something along the way. In the meanwhile, I just hope you enjoy the entirety of this conversation and episode number four of the Uncommon People podcast. Okay. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> what? So you just worked today? Um, no. Tuesdays are my day is off. Oh, I forgot okay. about that. Wow. Um, and so I really just relaxed all day. I took my dog to the groomers. Nice. Yeah. He almost bit someone, and they told me to come pick him up, so he can't go back. Oh man. Yeah. But he's a good boy. Is he a big dog? Yeah, he's big. He's about 100 pounds. Oh man. He's a golden retriever, Great Pyrenees mix. He's a great dog. He just doesn't okay. like the blow dryer. So he's huge. Yeah. I did not know of Great Pyrenees, but I follow a guy on YouTube who made a video. They rescued one, and they made a video about him. I'm like, that dog is the size of a bear. He's not that big, but he's a decent size, and he is the best dog I've ever had. Is he smaller because he's golden mixed? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so, but... I have, I didn't, I've never gotten him like genetically tested or anything, but anyone who looks at him is like, oh, he's great Pyrenees. And I'm like, yeah, he's got to be something like that. So I'm almost positive. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Do you take him? I assume you don't take him to, do they do grooming at your work? No, we do baths, but we don't have like all the tools for grooming. Right. Um, and I just don't want to do it to be quite honest. It's just not fun. I'd rather pay someone to do it. Yeah. Right. So that makes sense. I was just thinking because you said you can't go back there anymore. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I like, know. Well, I'll, then we'll it just, couldn't be your we'll job. We'll just try another place. Yeah. Maybe they will take him and he'll be good that time. Are so. there a lot around here? Yeah, yeah. And you can even get some that come to your house. Right. It's, I've seen those vans, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I, I have a bunch of friends who use them. I just think he's so big that... It would just cause a problem. So you feel worried that he would be disruptively large. Yeah, because he is just in general. I it's so hard to like find people to like that want to come over or can like house sit for me because they they just always ask. They're like, "Oh, is Archie gonna be there?" And I'm like, "Yeah," <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame them at all. Yeah, he's just um, it takes a second to get used to him. Yeah, you have to acclimate. Because he's all up in your business 24-7. Is he younger still? What, how old is yeah, he? Yeah, he's a year and a half. Okay. So still a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. Man. A puppy through and through. Yeah. Yeah. I still want one. I know. They're so worth it. When the yeah. time is right, it's they're awesome. Yes. But when the time is right. Yeah. They're they're like children though, and I never really understood that. And I always like, it's like, oh, I'll be able to like differentiate. Um, it's kind of hard sometimes because they are like you like nurture them and you raise them and when they do stuff that makes you upset you it it literally enrages you because you put so much work into them that you have to like calm yourself down and then be like 
how can I do this in a way that is going to discipline him, but let him know that I still love him? Like it goes through my <laughs> head and I'm like, this must be like on no level, like the same, but like a little glimpse as to what parenthood is like. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard. There are so many times where I literally, I'm like about to scream and I have to like lock myself in a room and he knows cause he'll go get in his kennel. He knows uh. he's upset or like that I'm upset. And I literally have to like do breathing exercises so that way I don't like lose my cool and then I'll come out and like he'll get a swat on the nose or like he'll get yelled at like he's a person. My friends tell me that I talk to him like he's a person and I, I know he understands me. I genuinely do because I can say words and he'll just like completely like tuck his head and tail and run into his kennel. And I'm like, you know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So. Yep. But, yeah. Oh, that's great. His practice is always good. Yeah. Though, I'll say this. My mom, bless her heart, hi, mom, had (laughs) six children and has had a number of dogs. And the most recent dog, her name was Sunshine. It was a very ironic name because she was not a ball of sunshine. She was a golden retriever. But during that time, I remember my mom saying, man, raising a puppy is harder than raising children. And she good. has experience, so <laughs> yeah. I, I trust that that opinion, because it is kind of I think like raising a child that doesn't ever get beyond age <laughs> two. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean they don't poop on the floor anymore after a certain point, and they yeah. don't do all that kind of thing. But they're still animals, you yeah. know. You still yeah. have to take them outside to go to the bathroom. That's something you don't have to do with your children, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm looking forward to having one at some point. It's going to be awesome. Just wait. Yeah. It's it's so fun. They bring you so much joy. And we're still talking about dogs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just bring a lot of joy. Yeah. But, so are you, can I ask a question? Yeah. Are you, the, where are you in like the ranking of children? Like how old are you? F- the fifth child out of six. Oh, wow. So I have one younger brother who is 22. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm 25. That's How old are you? I always forget. You're... So I'm 21. Okay. And I'm the oldest of six. Oh, I didn't yeah. know you had that many siblings. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So how old is the youngest? The old or the youngest, his name is Simeon. He is, I'm pretty sure he just turned four. That sounds oh, bad. Oh, wow. I don't like, no, for sure. No, I mean, I don't remember <laughs> my eldest sibling's age. Oh, I, I think, I'm pretty sure my eldest sibling is 35 because I think he's 10 years older than me. Oh, wow. But no, because he was born in 84. I can't do your math. It's, I cannot do it at all. I, I think <laughs> that means that he just turned 36. Okay. See, I don't know, though. Neither do I know how old <laughs> Hannah is, who's the only girl. And and I don't know how old Caleb is. <laughs> Honestly, I think Josiah's 20. He was born in 92, so he's okay. 28. He turned 28, so I know that one. I don't know the others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have one sister. Her name is Holly. She's 18. And then I have a 16-year-old brother, a 15-year-old brother, a 9-year-old brother, and then Simeon, who is four. Okay. So it's like... Wow. It's like... It's crazy. That's so... (laughs) It's interesting for me to think about that, just the dynamic of being... We're in the same sort of generation, Mm -hmm. you and I, but... I'm the youngest kind of part of a family, and yeah. you're the oldest. And it's weird to me to think about what that would be like. 
Mm. Like we're all grown and out of the house, you know? It's different. I can't imagine what it's like to have a four-year-old sibling. It's like the most amazing thing ever. Every time I go home, it's, it's so nice. I just, I genuinely do like love my family and I love my family's dynamic and everyone's so different. Um, and to just be able to like have younger siblings. Cause when I was 18, he was six months old and that's when I moved to Arkansas. So I haven't lived with them since I was, since he was six months old. Okay. And, uh, so, like, to be able to watch him from a distance but still also go home and, like, watch him, it's it's crazy. It makes me really sad sometimes because I feel like one day he's going to feel like he's not as close to me. But I also know that that's not true and that's just a fear. But I do love watching him grow up. I love watching all of them. Every time I go home, it, it amazes me that they've all grown, like, four inches. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I used to be the tallest and I'm about to be the shortest one out of all of them. It's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. I mean, you're taller than I am, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, and you're not saying all these great things just because they're listening, right? No, I'm you know, genuine about them. <laughs> I have to be careful about what I say with my family listening. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> uh, I, got, I went home for Christmas. And where is, you said you don't live with them anymore. Where is your family? They're in, they moved, they just recently moved from Oklahoma City to Virginia. So now they're in Virginia. Oh, they're a long way away. Yeah. It's been an adjustment. Okay. When, when is, when did that happen? Almost, uh, it's going to be a year in March. Okay. Yeah, so brand new. I have friends in, I think they're still based in Virginia. Is it, uh... There's a really popular one that I know a bunch of people in. I just can't remember what it's called. A town in, in Virginia? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, honestly. They're close <laughs> to a State Park. Oh, I don't know what it's called. Sorry, Jordan. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> hey, Jordan. Hey, Anila. <laughs> I'm going to have to send this to him now. I don't think he knows. <laughs> I don't think he knows I'm recording. Um, yeah, I, I have... Virginia and both of the Carolinas have a very strong attraction for me. I mm-hmm. don't know why. And I still haven't made my way out there. You got to do it. I do. It's breathtaking. I'm sure it is. I love the East Coast. I've been up in Maine and then through New York and Massachusetts. And it's just, it's beautiful. Honestly, it's really lovely out there. And, and again, I don't know why I'm attracted <laughs> to it. Because I haven't been to those states anyway. I've been to most of the states, though. And I still, I just really want to see the Carolinas. You got to find out. And you need to drive. Yeah. So I think it's like from here, it's a 13-hour, at least to Salem. But then you can kind of like spread out from there. I think a, a part of South Carolina, I could be wrong, is like four or five hours from like Salem in that area. So like it's not a super long trip, but you cut right through Tennessee and then you go through like all the other states, I think. And it is literally, driving through Tennessee was like a dream in the morning. I left at night, so by the time I was in Tennessee, it was like foggy and beautiful. Everything was so green. I was like, I can live here. Oh, oh man, maybe I should stay away then. I'll be like, <laughs> I have so much wanderlust still, so I yeah. still want to move around and try different things. And the thought of living out of an Airstream camper or something and potentially taking a mobile studio with me and just recording and shooting everywhere yeah. is such a such a dream still but for now i need to i need to settle down (laughs) just for a little bit i understand that yeah yeah so your family's been out there for not too long yeah have you been out to visit much since 
I think I've gone four times. I've driven okay. one time and then flown out three times. I went home for Christmas too, okay. just for two days, but it was awesome. So nice. Yeah, I went home for Christmas. How was that? It was normal. Oh, well, it was that's what good. I expect. <laughs> it's I I grew up in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. Oh, yeah, and, that was my next question. Yeah, and it the town I'm from kind of feels to me like it's caught in a time warp. Like nothing changes. <laughs> it it's I don't like it. And really? I mean I left kind of running away from it anyways. Yeah. So I just there's a lot I think of emotional baggage attached to mm-hmm. that area. And now that I live here, whenever I visit, it's this immediate contrast of Northwest Arkansas, Southwest Chicago. And it's not, I don't want to speak too specifically negatively. So I'll talk about Arkansas and I'll say Arkansas is hilly and forested and green and there's tons of development and there's so much diversity in this area and there's new things happening all the time and there's coffee shops and there's breweries and there's bike paths and there's I'm I meet I make new friends all the time here. Yeah. Joliet is not like that. <laughs> I'll just say that. Are the so are the people different, would you say? I like think just in general. I think people in general in everywhere everywhere I've been, people are mostly the same and mostly genuinely kind and and want to be helpful to people but there is there are cultural differences to areas you do get a little bit down here maybe a lot depending on where you're from of southern hospitality like that is a real thing you get around here i agree which i love i think that's so cool that it's not just a phrase Mm -hmm. it's actually a way that people live that's what i experienced from day one really or day two or three i guess (laughs) um so it's 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 different up there um i think people in general are great but it's not an area i'm fond of and really most of what i call home is here yeah so i was glad to visit i was glad to have a couple days to hang out with the family I surprised them, so um, it was fun walking in, and everybody's like, Joel! And my mom's <laughs> crying, and Aww. Taylor, my sister-in-law, is like, I knew it! <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. My nephews are, I have two nephews who are five and almost two now. Aww. So that was a lot of fun, hanging with them. Owen, who's the younger one, hardly, I don't think he knows that I'm his uncle. Cause, okay. <laughs> yeah, because he was born while I lived here. I've only been there a handful of times, and he's so young still, mm-hmm. you know? But that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Got to let Henry carry around my camera, and he just, he loves it. Aww. And Caleb and Taylor have a dog now. Oh, I bet so you enjoyed that. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. Yeah, he's a beagle Your named uh, Murphy. Aww. He's great. <laughs> Shout out, Murphy. <laughs> oh, Murphy's the best. I haven't yeah. even met him yet. <laughs> yeah, he's great. So your your day-to-day life right now consists mostly of what? 
working and right now I'm on school like a school break uh, but that starts next week so it's going to be work and school okay and that's pretty much it so are you still at JBU mm-hmm. okay yeah. I thought you had graduated already but I don't know why I was supposed to but uh it turns out I had a couple more classes to do uh, okay. and then they came to me and they well my counselor was like hey uh, you could like minor and just add one more class and have a minor and I was like sure why not, right? <laughs> Let's just do it. So I am going for psychology with a minor in business leadership. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so did that add on, was it you were supposed to graduate last December? Or, or when would it have been? Yeah, I was supposed to graduate in December, but I ended up being like one or two credits short. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, well, we'll have to add another class. Do you want to just add another one on to that? So yeah. you'll be taking two and get a minor. And I was like... Yeah, sure. So, it, so did it add a semester or a full mm -hmm. year? It added a semester. Just okay. Yeah, so I graduate in May, uh -huh. which I am thrilled. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I've never exciting. been more excited in my life. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's like. It's okay. Genuinely. It's How okay. has your experience at JBU been? Uh, educationally, fantastic. I literally would recommend their, like, professors and classes and courses to anyone and everyone they're fantastic I'm I have a lot of resentment which isn't great towards JBU and its community mm -hmm. um I have so many great memories of it and from it but I don't want to go back yeah yeah I think the last time I go back will be the day that I graduate and yeah. I'm going to say goodbye to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I've heard a lot of, of mixed things about JBU. I have heard that it is, from everything I've heard specifically about classes, it seems like they do a really good job as far as educating goes. Yeah. And their courses are very comprehensive. Mm -hmm. um, just from what I've heard, I didn't go there. But yeah, yeah I've heard mixed things. Yeah. And you've been there now. Will it will it be four years when you're done or more? Yeah. So I went two, two and a half semesters in person where I was, I lived two on campus and then I moved to uh, Fayetteville mm -hmm. and I drove back and forth for a semester and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And so I switched online and that was the single best decision I made in my academic career so far. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down. Like once I was online, I was able to like enjoy it immensely more than like being in person in there. So hmm. do you care to speak to any specifics of why that was? Um, no, I mean, I don't mind. I just don't want it to be a sob story. <laughs> yeah. No, I so. mean, if, if we have sob stories in our stories, then we can talk about them here. Yeah. So um, I, the reason I went was because it, some people in my family went, my cousin specifically, mm -hmm. and I went to school with them. Chloe and London were already there. They're awesome. Um, and I went with my cousin Luke. We were both freshmen. And Luke actually ended up passing away my freshman year over winter break while we were both home mm. and so coming back I felt like people didn't know how to react or they just didn't know in general that we were related so I felt really alone and isolated and then just made a lot of bad decisions and I hurt a lot of people mm. and I really hurt myself 
And a lot of those things I couldn't come back from because it is such a small community. And I just kind of had this terrible reputation, which part of it I earned, but part of it was unjustly given to me. And I never got the chance to explain myself, which I wish I could have, but also I've learned that I may never get that and I have to be okay with that. So that is, I'm on like the better half of that now. Before it was really hard, but now I'm getting to the point where I'm like really genuinely okay with it and it doesn't like haunt my mind every second of the day. So, oh, good. But yeah. 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 (laughs) It is an achievement. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's good to like be able to look at it in hindsight and you know, see the benefits that have come from it and how you've grown, but also recognize how it's hurt you, you know? That's part of any healing process, I think. It's true. And that brief story doesn't sound all that different from what a lot of people experience in the church in general. And with JBU being, you know, a private Christian school, I can can imagine, you know, (laughs) what what, um, the situation might be like. Yeah. Because um, if I think there are a lot of people who have stories of being burned by the church yeah. or very specifically part of their story of who they are now is I was burned by the church yeah. and here I am. And I want to talk with people about it because I understand that hurt. And even if I wasn't and I'd, I don't think I was ever deliberately burned in any way. Um, I have a lot of beef <laughs> with the church, <laughs> which is fine. I think that's important. I think it's important to be able to, to have beef with the church and have grace on it at the same time, yeah. which I, is something, the latter thing I'm learning more. Yeah, It's very difficult for me, but I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's super complex anyways. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's so complex. I feel like you could literally talk for hours about it. Oh, yeah, of course. But... Well, then let's let's back up. Okay. So were you... So you were the eldest. So I guess you didn't mm-hmm. necessarily grow up all the time with tons of younger people or, or like... A... I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I get what you're what, saying. You were the first like learning child for your parents yeah. as far as raising their kids and what religion, I guess, looked like. Yeah. But we can just, we don't even have to go specifically with that route right now. Let's, what was being raised in your family like and like the church, I suppose, what role did that have? Well, I'll start out with saying we always went to church, but we went to a whole bunch of different places. Uh, My parents are super discerning. And so they were, they weren't always looking for what the church could give them. They really never were, but they wanted to make sure that where we were going was like preaching the right thing and honestly it sounds like that's something that's like oh I'm sure they're preaching but a lot of places really don't get it and Mm -hmm. they they're really hurtful anyways so we kind of bounced around we the majority of it was life church um and so that is they're actually at a Jewish church now which is a really cool thing I have wanted to visit a synagogue you you should now my Bible right there is the complete Jewish study Bible. Really? Yeah. Well, you and my dad would have a lot to talk yeah. about. He's actually learning Hebrew right now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. If we can touch on that later if you want. Yeah. Because yeah, let's get, let's his whole back. like thing he's doing right now is so awesome. Awesome. Um, but so that's just to like preface, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was the built-in babysitter. 
and that's okay. It was not okay. fun at all. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, she had so many so close uh-huh. that, I mean, obviously they needed my dad and my mom needed time. So uh-huh. I was kind of there and I was, I had to be responsible. I really, and it's in my nature to be responsible. I'm a one on the Enneagram. Okay. I don't have any wings. Um, it's just a perfectionist <laughs> and like the You're moral. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's my wing joke. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, oh, I get (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) I want to tell my mom that. Um, So I just always, I mean, there were like the instances where I messed up, there are three of them that I can recall. And like that's it. And I'm not saying that I was a perfect child, but by kids' standards, absolutely. (laughs) Um, And it was really hard for a long time growing up with because little kids need a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like sometimes I didn't get that attention. I got love and I got all of my needs met, but sometimes I feel like I lack that. Like in my adult life, I feel like I need a lot of validation. And so being by myself and living by myself is hard when you're not receiving that validation. Um, from someone or your siblings or your parents. So that's something that I've had to learn to like really like look to God for is validation because mm-hmm. genuinely that's all that matters. But sometimes you just like really want to hear like an actual voice telling you you did a good job. And my parents are awesome about that over the phone, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just wish you could like sit down. <laughs> and do oh, it. yeah. Um, my siblings and I didn't get along. Mm-hmm. My sister and I would like have literal fist fights. Since I moved out, it's fantastic. We're like best friends now. But it's funny how that happens. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Little space can do like wonders. Yes. And then my brothers just really annoyed me growing up. It was so but yeah, really that's kinda the gist of everything. Uh-huh. So. And so when you kind of was going off to school, you were first out on your own sort of experience. What was what was What's my first going time off now? to school? Was that when you moved out for the first time and you weren't kind of under your parents' roof? Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I was in complete culture shock. I didn't... It was was crazy. Yeah. I went from being with a huge family constantly around me to having one roommate, and she's my best friend for a really long time, and doing everything with her and, like, making my own decisions, and I made a lot of bad ones. And then everything just kind of escalated really quickly after that. But I just remember feeling so alone mm-hmm. because I wasn't surrounded by, like, noise. I love noise. It doesn't bother me at all. I can listen to kids scream all day, and it's totally fine. Wow. <laughs> it's actually comforting. Wow. <laughs> uh, and so that – and then, honestly, my parents were huge, like, making me go to church. And so when I didn't have to go to church on my own – Except for, like, chapels on Wednesday, which I rarely ever went to. Um, I was like, oh, well, I can sleep in today. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty common when it comes that way. (laughs) My first, I guess when I started driving is when I immediately started going to different churches instead of the ones I was raised in. Um, And then, obviously, moving out here was in a totally different scenario. But it's, it does seem like naturally 
maybe naturally as soon as you're able to find that freedom and you're able to branch out and and exercise some independence you do yeah like the rebellious stage of being a human is very real yeah like 18 to 25 (laughs) you're kind of pushing against all the walls (laughs) that's true and i think that's fine yeah it's all part of the learning process and i i wouldn't trade the way i've learned for anything else yeah would you yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) Yeah. i mean i can't but i would do everything differently really yeah absolutely without great on that just i mean when i say everything i mean like literally everything i would have made myself like do more and achieve more I would have been disciplined. I, yeah, I mean, all that under comes with that. Like, wiser friends. Um, my friends were awesome, and they were there when I needed them. Some of them were, but just, it is true. Like, you are who you hang out with, mm-hmm. and I just wasn't making wise choices, and I didn't want to make wise choices. I went through this huge thing where I don't even know what to call it but I just knew what was right and I knew what was wrong and I literally told myself that I wanted to do what was wrong because I just wanted to live like a normal like 19 20 21 year old like I did I wanted to be a part of the party scene so bad because I thought that it would be fun Mm -hmm. and yeah you get like memories out of it but they're not like memories to be proud of (laughs) you know like you don't look back and you're like oh I do it all over again but yeah I just remember my parents every time they call are you reading your bible and still to this day and I just remember being like yeah and then like just battling because I did not want to I did not want to I knew God was there I knew how powerful he was and I did want to have something to do with him, but I did not want to do it on his terms at mm-hmm. all. And I know that that was so wrong. And I always like thought of the verse that would talk about lukewarm Christians and how it's better to be hot or cold. And at that point, I was like, I'm going to be cold. And it was such a bad decision. And it lit- it hurt me. And I, but I, that's what I wanted to do. And I told myself that's what I wanted to do. So I would go back and redo it. <laughs> so... Whether it was maybe, whether now looking back, you would make a judgment on whether it was the right way or the wrong way to learn. Do you do, do you feel that it did teach you a lot? Yeah, it did teach me a lot in the hardest ways. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those can be the most poignant lessons though. Yeah, that's true. I won't do it again. Yeah. Well, I might by accident, but like not on purpose. (laughs) You have a lot of wisdom to draw from now, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a plethora <laughs> of it. Just spread it to my siblings and just... They are well, they have better heads on their shoulders than I do, though. They always have, so... Mm. <laughs> They're quite a bit younger, though, so you haven't seen that stage necessarily. Yeah, but... The I mean, next my, closest is how old? She's 18. She's 18. Yeah. So and she's just getting to, like, college. Yeah, she... So she does not want to go to college. She actually... Well, we're not quite sure what she wants to do. Right now, she's saying she wants to do, um, she wants to be a tattoo artist. Mm -hmm. And she's so talented. It's insane. She could absolutely do it. 
Um, she is so much smarter and put together than I was. And she is peer pressure. That girl is so set in her ways that it does not matter. And so I 100% know that she's going to make better decisions than I did. (laughs) Absolutely. They'll definitely make different decisions. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Yeah. But well, if she needs somebody to practice tattoos on. I'm, I'm totally down. <laughs> I know, right? Me I don't too. have anything yet. And you gotta get one. I know, I really do. I want to get um, lilies on this arm. Okay. Because if Jesus' words consider the lilies, that's just kind of whatever your religious leanings or background or thoughts on spirituality or whatever. The this wisdom of those words of just slow down and look at the earth around you. Mm-hmm. That's so big to me. It's yeah. so important. And that's kind of a verse that I come back to all the time. So I want to get lilies on this arm, three lilies, and then a sparrow as well. Because that's like the companion verse there. Yeah, that's I've awesome. I've never spent any money on tattoos. Yeah. And I would think this year I'll be able to. I'm kind of just now getting on top of finances. Yeah. I, I kind of set myself back last year <laughs> at the beginning of the year. Um, and I'm catching up now. Yeah. So does what does your sister do that? Has she already had the opportunity to practice and, and work, do tattoos on anyone? Or is it mostly illustration right now? It's illustration right now. And I just, she needs to make a portfolio. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at right now. Okay. Um, and I, she doesn't like to draw for people. So it's going to be kind of hard to tattoo people right. with what they want. <laughs> She's got the talent and she, I mean, that's what she wants to do. But I'm like, you got to, you have to do, you have to draw four people. That's what tattoo artists do. And she's like, yeah. I know. And I'm like, you got to do a portfolio. If they see a portfolio, they're going to love her. She can draw a face and you'd think it's a picture. Wow. It's stunning. Like the detail. And I'm like. People would pay so much for you to put that on their skin. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, I mean, you don't see a lot of good face no. tattoos, meaning like tattoos of people's faces. Yeah. And anyway, she <laughs> is like, it blows my mind, my mind every time. Like even in like middle school, she did a self-portrait and we were just like, oh my word. Oh, that's <laughs> it's awesome. crazy. Yeah. Man, so. I can't even get a photograph of a self-portrait to not good. <laughs> but the funny thing is i was actually talking to her the other day and she's like did you know that i can't see images in my mind i said what do you what do you mean she's like if you close your eyes and think of an apple can you see that in your head i said well yeah she goes i can't i was like Hmm. how how are you drawing faces by memory she's like i can't i have to look at a picture straight in front of me she's like i can never do anything authentic unless a person is like standing there doing it i was like that is crazy, but she's got this God-given talent. It sounds to be able kind to of do self-deprecating it. too, like she's putting herself down. She doesn't think she's good yeah, enough. Yeah, but like, anyways, I was like, that is crazy because I cannot imagine what that's like if I cannot see stuff in my mind. Well, supposedly, which is such a funny way to start any sentence. <laughs> supposedly, the human brain doesn't really reproduce images accurately for anybody. So if you close your eyes and you try to think of a person's face, it's, for me, I would say at the very least, it's very difficult. And there's no way I could recall verbally in any way what they look like. 
I've always That's been true. really bad at this. People ask me like, what did they look like? I'm like, <laughs> they had hair <laughs> and eyebrows and like, I think their eyes were blue, but I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know. They look like yeah. a person. Yeah. Um, but supposedly that's a normal human thing that you can't really accurately recall someone's image in your brain. That's crazy. But maybe yeah. the people who are like police sketch artists have something else to say about that. Yeah. I, I, that's always like, I listen to like crime podcasts all the time uh-huh, and course. I'm like, how, how do you remember that? Just like that. I'm like, if someone were to walk by me, I would never like, even if I were to have a conversation, like I could remember their voice probably better than I could ever remember their faces. Hmm. I can remember people's names. I'm much better at Good people's names you, these Joel. days. But then I'd have to, that wouldn't help in an investigation, I guess. <laughs> it might. No, I mean, we names. know their name already. Can you tell us anything else? It's like, no. They had a camera with them. I, <laughs> I know I met them in a coffee shop. We talked about Settlers of Catan. I, don't know. <laughs> I just got that game for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you played it? Yes, I have. I wanted okay. it and I got it. You got it. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been good it that, that year, 2020. <laughs> I haven't played it yet, though. <laughs> okay. I am not the biggest fan. Really? I, my brain doesn't really get in that mode very well. I just yeah. played it the other night at, at Cass and Brandy's where I made this. Oh. Um, and I just, I'm just kind of, I just kind of take up space for the other players to yeah. work around. I don't have much strategy. I pick where my tiles are based on what looks like a pretty illustration <laughs> and like that's how I do a lot of things. Yeah. Board games are great though. In general, I love board games. Have you played any German board games? Not that I know of. Okay. My dad is like has so many German board games that and they're so fun. But they're all strategy. I can't do strategy. Like, I can get the hang of a game, but I can never play it to win because I just don't get it. My dad will take 15 minutes on something, and I'm like, is that not obvious? And he's like, I'm working. I'm like, okay. That's kind of what Catan is, though. That's yeah, strategy. well, that's why he wins every single time, and I cannot. I do the same exact thing. I'm like, that looks like a good spot. I'm going to do that. Oh, look, I have three houses now. Like, that's pretty yeah. much what goes through my <laughs> brain. Or, like, who's going to, like, build an alliance with me even though I'm going to lose? And my dad just does everything on his own. And okay. he can, I don't know how he does it, but. Everybody's got a brain that works differently. Yeah. Him and my sister, they're the same. They do the, they're the same. They're strategy people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. huh. <laughs> no, I can't think that way. So how, how different, I guess, has it been for you with them being in Virginia now? You say you visited four times. Yeah. Has it been very different while you are here and they're not that close? Yeah, it has just because now there's a pressure to go there, Mm, which I like. I mean, I would love to someday and I plan on it. I don't I just don't know when. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. And I am a family person. And so not knowing when and then knowing that they really want me to be there, even though they're okay with me not being there. And they've like verbally made sure I know that it's still like instead of being like, oh, yeah, I'll come home. It's only three hours away. Now I have to like plan trips and it's mm-hmm. like, so yeah, yeah, it's interesting. We're, that's where I'm at right now is trying to figure out when, not if, but like when and what's going to be the right time. So mm-hmm. now you say when and what's going to be the right time. Are you talking about like a short term trip that you're planning or moving? No moving. Okay. Yeah. I'm, so I'm going to start a 
business as soon as I graduate and get a certification, it can it I can move it wherever. It's it's based off colleges. So as long as there's a university or a small college around, I can do it. Okay. Um, it's just do I want to like set up base here and go from here, or do I want to move back home, uproot, and start all over again there, including a business. Mm-hmm. So that's like. But I also don't want to get planted even more here because yeah. it's, I love Arkansas. I genuinely do. Yeah. I would never go back to Oklahoma, but <laughs> I love Arkansas. It's, it's just got something that other places don't. And I want to do everything here, but also in the long run, I'm not going to be away from my family. So mm-hmm. it's just hard to figure out when. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. It's, I... I love this area too. I love Arkansas. And for me, it was also all very different and and new. I was never close to this area, obviously. Um, and when I got here, I didn't know Fayetteville existed before somebody told me about it. And so I, I wandered in town and moved here. And I love this area. The thing I love most about it is my community, my family that I have here. Yeah. And that's what makes it hard to think of leaving because mm-hmm. there's all sorts of great practical benefits like i mentioned earlier I, I love the nature of arkansas i love the green i love the hills i love the development and how much there is to do and how easy it is to make new friends but i don't like the thought of being in a place and feeling like i can't leave yeah because there are people there who i'm close to who i love that's difficult because Obviously, the hope for me someday is like have a family and be in a place because that's where your family is. Yeah. Um, and in my mind, relationships are the most important things in the world. So what better thing to keep you in a certain area than the people in your life? Yeah. But I think it's a good reason to stay. I don't think it's a good reason to not leave, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't want I don't want to think that I should leave but not be able to because mm-hmm. there's something holding me back. Yeah. That's kind of what I felt for a long time before I moved. Before when I when I still lived in Joliet, I felt very trapped. Like I couldn't leave and like the longer I stayed, the harder it was going to be to leave. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of had to like yeah. hit the ground running and I did that. And now that I'm here, I still have that fear, mm-hmm. which I don't think, I think right there that says it's not coming from the most healthy place because yeah. it's, around, it's about fear and not hope. Um, I always think it's better to be pursuing something than running away from something. Yeah. I've done maybe more running away from things though. Tried running away from here last year and yeah. that didn't turn yeah. out. <laughs> I and remember I you am. were just at work and you were like, I'm going to Australia. I was like, What? That's all I, in my head, I'm thinking, I literally told friends, I was like, I have this friend at work. He's going to Australia. They were like, why? I was like, he's just going like that to me. Wasn't it adventure? Like, was it fun? At least it was. Okay, good. It was, but everything is. So let's dig into that thought a little bit. What is it about seeing people traveling and going on these very, uh, very stereotypical adventures that seems 
cooler than being where you are. Because for people who live, say, in Sydney, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it is Sydney. It's yeah. where they live. For us, it's somewhere else. It's, it's a destination. So maybe they think of it as home, but they think of this other place. They go to the States. That'd be a destination. It'd be an adventure, right? Yeah. So why can't we take that perspective and apply it where we currently are? Do you, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think the difference is? I don't know. I just, the overwhelming feeling you get, like this morning I was on TikTok and there was a girl explaining how she uh, spent the whole summer on the beach, like, and she wired her life around the beach and just had like videos of her longboarding and everything. And something literally just made me want to run away and do that, even though I would not enjoy it. Like at all, like nothing about that would be nice. Living in a van, uh uh-uh, that's that's not me at all. But like, it's, I think it's just the like carefree nature of traveling and like you don't have to worry about anything. You don't think you have to worry about anything, but just, I feel like leaving and going to do something else that's outside of our routine is just like so attractive that it, it makes anyone because everyone wants to travel. I've never met anyone who doesn't mm-hmm. want to travel, but like the people who travel love it. And then some people are like, huh, I had a week vacation. I got to go back home. I get homesick. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know. I, I don't know why I'm so drawn to it. And I can't even tell you why I'm drawn to it. I'm just drawn to it, even though I wouldn't like it. And we're, I feel like we're complete opposites when it comes to that because you like to like go on adventures and I like, I like an hour is like a long time for me. Like away is, that's a big, like, that's a trip to me. Yeah. And I feel like you could go hiking somewhere and be like, this is awesome. What's next? And I'd be like, I have to go home and sleep. I don't know. (laughs) I think that's like maybe just a perception based on maybe, yeah. certain things that people see. So anyone who hears is like, oh, he went to Australia. Like, oh, he's a traveler. Yeah. I've been out of the country like one time. <laughs> it was spontaneous and done very, it was poorly executed. <laughs> and I came home in two months. And, but you, you see, obviously with the internet, you see highlight reels and you see all these things that you're supposed to see. Yeah. But my day-to-day life is getting up and going to the bank in my town and working until 6.30, coming home, maybe watching a movie, maybe cooking some chicken. <laughs> like, that's my normal day. Um, and doing stuff like this is something I'm super grateful for Yeah. because I, I love talking to people. I was at the coffee shop yesterday because it was my day off. <laughs> it felt like such a Sabbath to me. Yeah. I was thinking about that while sitting there. It felt very restful because I didn't have any really big things on the agenda. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I don't all, I didn't have any work to do on the podcast. I didn't have any photos that specifically needed to get done. I just had some family stuff that was very just kind of, it wasn't important for me to get done. It was just photos I took over the weekend of Christmas. Yeah. And so most of the day was just, I was there four or five hours and I kind of, I read a little bit and I wrote a little bit in my journal and I kind of sat and just looked around quite a bit Mm -hmm. and listened to a little music and I talked to baristas there and I talked to other people who I met and it was just so restful for me. Yeah. That's my normal day-to-day life. 
And I want to cultivate a sense of adventure in those things. Yeah. Because I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's it's just something out of our routine, right? Yeah. That's what is adventurous. And I'm trying to think of everything that way. Yeah. So if I try a different coffee that I've never tried, I've had coffee before, but I haven't had this one. Yeah. So it's new. So it's an adventure. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to think about things more like that these mm-hmm. days because it is too easy to settle into the everyday and feel like it is very mundane and boring mm-hmm. and think what you need is I need to go get a van and live in it and like just live on the beach and longboard everywhere. <laughs> and every moment is this new spontaneous unplanned adventure Mm -hmm. for some people maybe it is there's this dude james barkman have you heard of him no i haven't he's so extreme (laughs) and i admire him so much because his life just looks so ridiculous okay like what he he started living out of a van some years ago because he was on the road all the time for work anyways he was a photographer and he just so got an old Volkswagen van and he started living out of that and then he got a dirt bike and he towed it behind it and he would just go places and ride the dirt bike and do freelance and then he I think he went up to Alaska I don't remember at some point he must have and decided he was going to do a trip with some buddies where they would take their motorcycles and they would ride from Alaska down to Patagonia which is the southern tip of South America and along the way let's summit all of the highest mountain peaks and we'll just be sponsored by all these outdoors brands and do that stuff. And everything he posts on social media mm. is him crawling from underneath his van or going surfing or editing in some field or next to the ocean. Like, it looks like his everyday life actually looks like that. And maybe it does. I think it actually does. Uh, am I? That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's always on the move. He's always on the road, and he's always doing that kind of work. Yeah. But I think it's because he just genuinely loves doing those things. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's not put off by the motorcycle breaking down on the Alaskan highway and having to change a chain on the side of a muddy road. Like, because he's done these things, he recognizes that's part of it. Yeah. It's not all of the highlight reels you see on Instagram, but he still keeps doing it. He's been living like that for years. That's crazy. Um, I think he's like my age. That's so... I just don't... Understand. I couldn't do that. I don't... Yeah, I don't understand how people... Like, I feel like you have to be extremely well, like, good at adapting mm-hmm. to be able to do that. I have to acclimate. And then, like, then I can start to adapt. Some people, like, I went my freshman year, my roommate, she's like that. She can, like, up and go, and she can go forever, and she can make the best out of everything and anything and just, like, have this amazing time. And you can literally watch it play out, and you're just like, that is unbelievable. How cool is that? And then I just can't do it. I just can't. I have accepted that. And so I have to like make and try and get my own excitement Uh differently. So, What is it about you and her that's different that 
makes you meet those challenges or situations differently? I don't know. I really don't know. It, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I really don't. When we're just the complete opposite, but also the same. So we took the Enneagram test. I'm a one. I don't have any wings. And she, I can't remember what hers was, but it, in the thing that tells you on ones who compliments you and who doesn't, like the complete opposite, who like can really like not be beneficial, she literally is both of them evenly. Like when she tested, she was, I think a four with the wing of seven or something like that. And like, so she's the person that compliments me and pushes me to do stuff, but she's also like the person who can like drive me nuts. And I remember, like, we did that test, and we were both like, that makes a lot of sense. I'm like, yeah, it really, it truly (laughs) does. But she's just capable of doing that. She is a light. And I think that's what she's supposed to do. She just reaches people. She makes people laugh. And she, people just have a blast with her. It's a gift. It is a gift. And she's so fun to be around. But... I think there are definitely people for whom that kind of thing comes more naturally. Yeah. And I don't think I, I, I don't know. I, I so much admire that in people. I wish it were more true of me. I'm trying to cultivate that. I think I, but I would say that you are like that. Genuinely. Like my first impression of you was outgoing and you're funny you can talk to anyone. I mean, that's like one of your favorite things to do, right? Is go and talk to people that people don't possess that. And like, I just know that I ne- I was always like, that guy's really cool. That mm. guy is so like, well, you're kind and you smile. That's a big thing too. And I feel like that's when I think of you, and, like, that's why I was so excited to be on the podcast. So I was like, that would, I absolutely want to, like, have a conversation. Like, because we've never really ha- gotten to have uh-huh. a conversation. Yeah. I was thrilled to be able to do it because, I mean, you're awesome. And oh, now cool. I get to, like, know you <laughs> on a personal level. So. Oh, cool. That's, hey, that's very flattering. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of getting at, though. For me, I just have, I wonder how much is natural whatever that is and how much is very intentionally learned that makes sense so i'll use like photography or art in general as an example there are people who are just naturally gifted at art um you can use classic examples that are very extreme like mozart Mm -hmm. people who just their brain just works in a different way somehow they just understand um but then there are people who work really hard at it Mm -hmm. And so they build those skills. I think I have a certain natural knack for photography just based on the fact that I do think I take good photos, but I've never really studied it. I don't, I don't practice. I don't read. I don't, I don't do what I should do to be good at the craft. Um, and with social interaction and talking with people, making new friends, I didn't really do that at all until three years ago. I didn't know how to do that. It was all, it was very strange to me. How do you like just talk to people? How'd you start? Yeah. And it's still, it's still very hard. How did I start? Yeah. I started by just saying you should talk to them. Oh, well, that's so. So, <laughs> so specifically, I remember being super, I was 
depressed and just in a horrible mood. Mm-hmm. I lived in Fayetteville at the time, this day. This on this day I was very depressed. Mm-hmm. And this was when I lived in Fayetteville. I lived down the road from the Onyx there on Greg. Yeah. And so I walked there. I don't know if I needed to walk. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I had a car at the time, but I had a bicycle. But I chose to walk because mm-hmm. I was sad. You know? <laughs> I'm going to go walk on the train tracks and think about my horrible life. And so I walked to Onyx, and I went inside, and it was just like an evening. The sun was going down, and the light was coming in there, and it was really pretty. And there was not many people in there. And I believe Bailey and Dharma were the two girls who were the baristas on shift at the time, I think. And then maybe Natalie was their, like, lead. Hi, guys, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I remember just sitting there. I think I read a little bit, and maybe I had my journal. I don't remember what I did. But I remember sitting there and thinking, you should just talk to those girls. They're, They're working. There's not much to do. They're not busy. Just make conversation. And I remember asking them, each of them individually, if you could have a dream car, like a either something that does exist or you just combine all of your favorite things about vehicles into one thing, what would it be? I remember having that conversation with them. Yeah. And I remember leaving that store that day and thinking, man, talking to people is great. You can just... You can just make friends with anybody you want. <laughs> and baristas are in the perfect spot for it. That's true. So that was the start of it. And that's part of the reason coffee shops are so important to me. Yeah. And why I make an effort to ask baristas names and converse genuinely with them and take time to talk to them instead of just ordering and going and sitting down. Sometimes I feel like it maybe is annoying. <laughs> Uh, this guy's just watching me he doesn't go away (laughs) go sit out i'll bring you a drink out you know but onyx from that point became the place where i went to feel safe and known and to make friends to get to know people and to stretch that muscle because i had no idea how to do it up to that point and so i just started doing it more i just started talking with people more and kind of obeying more often that impulse i would get in my head to say something Mm -hmm. which is still something i get all the time i feel like it's more frequent and more powerful now where i'll be sitting somewhere usually in a coffee shop because that's the place where i'm like in public around people who are also stationary you know and i'll feel like i should say something and it's always an urge that makes me feel uncomfortable yeah and scared of doing it without fail when i do that i it turns out great yeah just the other day i was at old pine and i was sitting at the table and you can put like six people at the table but i was Mm -hmm. the only one there and there is this couple who were like at the bench thing that's near the wall that's against the wall by the windows and they turned around i had my headphones on and the lady was kind of motionary she's like it's okay yeah we sit i'm like yeah it's totally fine so they sat down and they started playing a card game together, which I thought was so <laughs> great. Awesome. They're they're young and um and I remember like I had my headphones on and I think I was I was working on the podcast and I just felt like I was I should talk to them and just like mm-hmm. ask what they're playing. <laughs> and 
So I took my headphones off and I turned over to him and I was like, so what game are you playing? And we started talking. And then I had my camera out and Riley kind of motioned to it. And he was like, hey, do you know by chance uh, like a J.C. Whitney? And I was like, J.C. Whitney? That sounds really familiar. And he's like, no, it's not Whitney. That's his like Instagram thing. J.C. Bailey. And I'm like, oh, he's my roommate. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because um, his his Instagram is like Witnit, but Riley was like, oh yeah, I knew he had a friend named Joel because he had asked my name. He has a friend named Joel who does photography and things. And he was like, you had the camera there and your name's Joel. So it's <laughs> a long shot, but there you go. So I made more friends. That's awesome. Just, yeah. Yeah. So is the the feeling that you get, do you think it's just like, it's, do you think it's like a divine feeling? Like, do you know what I mean by that? Like that overwhelming, like, you feel like the back of your, to me, the back of my neck is going to explode. And I'm going to burst out in tears if I don't do it. Even if it's like mm. a good or like small task, do you feel like it's similar, relatable to that? I have only started noticing that it, I've only started kind of examining what it is recently because mm-hmm. it does feel like something outside myself. Mm-hmm. I, I don't claim to understand what that means. Um, I would say it's probably divine. It feels like because it always results in really positive things Mm -hmm. and helps build me up and grow me and connects me to other humans. For that reason, I would consider it uh, the leadings of a benevolent being (laughs) to, to to paint it with broad strokes. As I, as I like to do. Um, yeah, it, it definitely, it feels like something outside myself. It feels like something pushing me into a space that I'm scared to go, but yeah. that that presence knows would be good for me. Do you, so you get that yeah. in a physical sense. Yeah. Talk so, about that. Okay. I, I want to start with first, I watched this documentary on, it, it was a group of scientists debating on whether or not uh, there is like a divine being. And it was just really interesting to me because the, I believe they were either agnostic or atheist. And then they were fighting with what they would be Christians. Um, they weren't fighting. They were like debating mm-hmm. and it was completely like civil. Yeah. And the Christian psychologist scientists were like, it's a feeling like you get a feeling and they're like, well, it can exist because you can't measure it. And whenever I get these little feelings, they're so powerful and so out of nowhere. I don't hear a voice. I don't hear any anything saying in my head, like, you should do that. It's just, like, so overwhelming that I don't know what to do. And it's not panic. There's peace. I don't feel like I'm about to freak out. I just get, like overwhelmed and it it is always related to something it like triggers it and I do I get them randomly I can't say that there's like a reason but I know um anytime I pass someone and I really feel like I need to a lot of times it is talking to people or I mean sometimes it it just like giving people money on the side of the road or even just talking to people like, it is so overwhelming, and um, I'll just be
be driving and I have to stop. I have to, if I don't, I regret it like so deeply. And I'm, there's, there's no other way to me to describe that feeling. It, it is so powerful. That's the only word I can say is that it's powerful and it's moving and it is just completely takes over. And it, and it always brings joy when you follow it out. And I hate the times that I don't because I know that I didn't live up to the potential that I could have just lived up to. But the times that I do, I'm always like just filled with joy, which is ironic that we're so, and a lot of times you're scared to do it because you don't want to stand out. Mm -hmm. But what is so crazy to me is we're, as people, we are wired for pleasure and to feel that like happiness and joy. But a lot of times we're so scared of what people think, even though they're not paying attention to us, Mm -hmm. that we will talk ourselves out of something that's genuinely going to like fill that void because it is, to me, it's God saying, you should go do that. That's part of my plan. And I promise you it will be worth it. And a lot of times we're like, oh my gosh, I don't want the people behind me that have no idea who I am to be like, oh, she stopped. That's it. That's literally it. And that is what will hold me back. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, that was No, there's no long there's tangent. no apologies on this <laughs> podcast for talking. So what is do you think the percentage of the times you obey will say and don't? <laughs> Sadly, I wish I could say that they were better. But yeah. they're probably like 30, 70. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times the things that I think are important that are time consuming or that I'm rushing to that always end up not being important at all are the things that stop me. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that. how it is for me too. Yeah. It's often I have to, I ask the question when, when I get that feeling, usually it's always uncomfortable and often it's very like inconvenient mm. or it, requires a change in my plan even if it's just a today this is what i'm doing kind of plan um that's immediately where my mind goes is ah but i was planning on going home and making dinner (laughs) but i feel like i'm supposed to get a refill on my coffee and sit here for another hour um and yeah i always i almost always regret it later sometimes i go home and i do something else that's really great most of the time it's not actually how it goes but there is a feeling like there's something i don't think i am that i don't know that much i am a scientific minded person as Mm -hmm. well as a spiritual person and so i can approach it from both those angles and i say look even if you don't attach some specific name or religion to this idea scientifically if we're talking about there potentially being beings that are just very far beyond our dimension that know things better than we do that maybe there's a particular being who doesn't interact with time in the same way that we do and so this being can see what results from our decisions before they actually happen if you have the opportunity to make use of the knowledge of this being, and so far all of your experience of this being has been, well, I do what it wants me to, and it turns out great every time. <laughs> like, 
it seems like the logical thing to do. Yeah. And aside from it just being a very strong impulse for me to follow, um, it's counter usually to what I want to do in the moment. And then it results in a positive for me. Hmm. So I'm learning a pattern. I'm learning that there's something that's trying to push me in a certain direction that takes me outside my comfort zone and then builds me up. Yeah. And that happens again and again and again and again and again. And there's no end to that. So why would I not? Yeah. You know? Well, because that person over in the (laughs) corner kind of keeps looking up at me and I don't want them to notice that I go up and talk to the barista because they'll think, I don't know, they might think I'm weird or social. Yeah. (laughs) You know? I'd hate for them to think that. <laughs> I know. I, I might oh have to gosh. go talk to them too. <laughs> but it's so legitimate. Like yeah. it passes through your mind and it's enough to be like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Absolutely not. And it, it, in like a totally like just legitimate way, I guess. I lost my word I was thinking of there. But Do you have methods for combating that no. self-consciousness? Mm-mm. No. I, other than studying psychology and just... Which is like opened my mind or like my world to like, I'm until like recently I didn't start to see and like think like a psychology student would, I guess. But like recently it has literally exploded. Everything I do revolves around it. It's all, it's all I think about. If I think of like one thing, like depression, in my head, I automatically go to like what's actually going on in my brain. And also I can like pair it with like theology and what I know of God and who God is that it's, I still absolutely suffer with it so hard, Mm -hmm. but it just, it's so crazy to me to be able to like, just, I just have a new level of understanding for it. That to me is just so stinking cool Yeah, that I just can't, but I don't have any way of combating it. Not at this point. I hope I do soon. I need to develop those skills because it's holding me back. It genuinely is holding me back. And yeah. it holds everyone back. But. I One of the things that I've tried to... I don't think I necessarily actually implement this at all. But one of the thoughts I had at some point was if the person I'm thinking of talking to was the only other person in the room, if it was just me and that person, would I behave differently than I am right now? And usually that's not what goes into my mind when I'm choosing to interact because lately it's just been feeling like I should and then being like, okay, I'll do it. And everything else kind of just flies away. Mm -hmm. But on a practical level, that was something I thought of. I don't know if it has much... Uh, value is like a training tool um, oh it does actually so it can can i go yeah on to, okay yeah so there's something called a group think okay and basically what that is is for some reason we are so wired to want to belong and to fit into a group no matter if that group is walking into a coffee shop we automatically associate that with like our identities and i'm no in no way a genius or even whatever, but this is just what I've learned and what Mm -hmm. I'm recalling that we base every single one of our decisions off the people around us and what the people around us are going to think like subconsciously. So yeah, by asking yourself, 
if I were the only person in the room, would this be weird? That I feel like that's honestly a super smart and legitimate question because it would 100% affect your outcome, I believe. Like, Or if you were to say no, you'd have like a really like big reason for it because the people around us, I mean, that's another reason why you are who you hang out with because, I mean, that's going to become your identity. Like, mm-hmm. it's, cra- it's so crazy. Yeah. And you can... I once listened to this podcast and this guy went into a prison and he was like, what's the difference between me and the people here? And a psychologist was like, nothing. Every person is capable of doing that. Everyone has different like morals, but put in situations. And I mean, even like modern day experiments have proved that under the certain, like certain circumstances, a person will do anything. Mm -hmm. Like it's so wild. Like I think it's the Stanford uh, prison experiment where they put those kids in the bottom part of like a college like uh, building and they assign some as inmates and s- some as guards and within like 48 hours I, it might have been less than 48 hours they were like abusing the inmates just because someone handed them clothes and was like wow you're a guard and these were like normal people like they literally went on campus they were like hey we want to join this and they were like, yeah, we're getting paid. Sure. We'll go spend the night for like two weeks in a thing. And they had to shut it down because they were like threatening to hurt people. Man. And they're like morally <laughs> grounded individuals. Yeah. So like to say if I were alone with this person is totally legitimate. I think that's an awesome question, actually. Mm. Maybe I should ask it more often. I know. Me, me too. <laughs> honestly. Mm. So how long have you been interested in psychology as a field of study? Have you been doing this the whole time you've been at JBU, or is this a more recent discovery? No, I was a nursing student. I didn't even take a single nursing class. I was super late to enroll because I got super sick with, like, strep and the flu at the same Mm. time, and I missed enrollment. So I was classified as a nursing student, but just taking a whole bunch of, like, electives pretty much. And then for some reason, one day I was sitting there, and I was like, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. I just can't. I don't know. I just, and that's, I mean, you go to school to be a nurse and you are a nurse your career. That's what you study for. And that's what you're. Yeah, pretty much. I can't do that. My, I have some wonderful friends, shout out Morgan. She is so perfect for it. It's unbelievable. And she has all the skills she needs to do it and go so far. And I don't, I don't do this, (laughs) but I had a professor and she was like, Abby, you should consider doing psychology. And then I had another professor who was like, I think that you would really like psychology because of the way, she said the way I articulated something, she feels like it would be a really good match or something like that. And so that's what I did. I called, I emailed my counselor and was like, hey, I need to change to psychology. And I literally was be- like, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So that would have been, was that your first year there? Yeah, it would have been the end of my freshman year. Okay. I think I switched a couple of weeks before the first year ended. Did I say semester or year? I meant a year. I don't know. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> so are you planning on carrying this into, you said your business idea or what you want to do after school. Yes. Um, you can take wherever there is basically a university. Yeah. So I'm going to either get my master's or doctorate in psychology. If I do my doctorate, I'll get a psych D. Um, 
but my actual business that I want to start, you don't even need a um, degree for. You just take a certification online. But I feel like eventually I want to tie everything else that I'm doing and like going to like graduate school for into it. So I feel like it was just going to be really beneficial. But I want to do, um, what's it called? Academic counseling and time management for students at universities just to help them get the hang of how to do college and eventually turn it into a thing for less privileged students and first-generation college students who have no idea what they're doing Mm -hmm. and really just like help change the trajectory of like their hopes and dreams and just expand them (laughs) because it's so possible and like you don't have to go to college to do it but if you're gonna like go to college I highly suggest doing it well because it's so amazing how much you can learn and what you can do with it especially for kids who like me who like dreamed of going to college and then almost like failed and that feeling of like not being able to do it and then versus the feeling of actually doing it like I want my slogan to be you thought you could and you did it or some something like that but mm-hmm. it's going to be called accountability and we're going to emphasize the ability part. Okay. So okay. It's, I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So what advice right now or, or wisdom would you offer to what, what's something you think is important for kids going into college to keep in mind? Academically studying, honestly, Quizlet that I feel like that's going to be a huge part of whatever I do. And then I don't know. I mean, it's so logically. Yeah. Oh gosh. I don't know. (laughs) Just because you really can't control the decision someone's going to make while they're developing themselves, I guess. Like really having an understanding for how society and like our individualistic society affects college aged kids. It's crazy. If you could, if you could just step back and see how much pressure society is putting on young people to go out and make something of themselves and be so different. And I feel like you hear that all the time. Like people saying like, Oh, well, that's when they're developing themselves. It's because it's true. And it's, it's so important. And I feel like so much stress and pressure would be alleviated if you just realize that it's okay to like not I don't know I don't know how to articulate that it's it's a lot what is it is this are you trying to articulate a lesson you've learned about what it's like to step into the college world and have that pressure on you yes and no kind of just in general I feel like with what I've learned along with personal experience it's okay to stick to the things you knew growing up, but it's also okay to want to learn new things mm-hmm. and they don't have to clash, even though a lot of the times they will clash and you will feel like you've lost your identity that the whole world is pushing you to solidify. But college is not the place where you solidify your identity. 
And if it is, it's not through college. It's through other things in college. It's just something you're doing on the side. That's a that's like a soundbite right there. Is it? Oh, yeah. No, that was great. <laughs> Thanks. No, that's that's a really good thing I think to keep in mind. Because man, I'm I'm 25. I'm still just a kid who's figuring things out. You, I'm still not solidified. Yeah. And we very much are in a culture where, and I speak as someone who didn't go to college. Yeah. But who's reasonably aware of societal pressure. Yeah. Um, we are in a culture where it is kind of just forced upon kids that you are totally dependent basically upon your parents yeah. until you're a certain age. And then all of a sudden, you're out on your own. You're being told you have to make these decisions that are going to determine where you're going to be in 40 years. Where do you want to be in 40 years, Abby? Where do you want to be in 40 years, Joel? How would you like to? What would you like to retire with in your bank account? Exactly. Those things. What do these kids know about this? And they're kind of being made to believe, I think, that they need to know. They need yeah, to understand. Exactly. It. They need to think of themselves as solidifying in the next four years. Mm-hmm. At 21 22 when you're getting out of college are you kidding yeah life doesn't even start i feel like until you're like 35 40 yeah, honestly I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> i'm still just figuring things out exactly and i'm just now beginning to pursue things that i know are really important to me mm-hmm. so much of the last few years has been figuring out what is important to me and that again that was something that just that just came with experimenting and getting to know myself and and talking to people and asking lots of hard questions it wasn't something that i had the opportunity to learn in school because i didn't go to school Mm -hmm. but i don't think i would have learned it in a book anyway yeah um if anything i could have learned it from the culture around me and i do um i don't regret anything Mm -hmm. but i think i miss the social benefits that you can get from being in a college environment like how many friends you can have and how many people you get to surround yourself with and learn from and just the community you have the opportunity to build whereas in my um in my life that just wasn't there so i was kind of already I was already past the average sort of college age when mm-hmm. I moved here and was faced with the same things of how do I build community? How do I make new friends? How do I get a job? How do I do, like try and figure out the things that I love doing? All from the bottom up. Yeah. Like starting from scratch. I didn't have a... Uh, really a group to lean on much i started i started developing it pretty quickly here got a a really great community from my church but it was strange feeling like an infant in it (laughs) feeling like i was just beginning to live life yeah do you feel do you relate to that did that feel like college to you or now or, or what I mean, I didn't enjoy college while I was going in person. I didn't get that community. I didn't get the, I ha, I'm not going to say I didn't have friends because that would be a lie, but I left without friends and I ended up picking up 
some of them that are still my friends now and they still go there. We just weren't friends when I was there. So Mm -hmm. I'm super grateful for them. But I made a lot more enemies than I did friends. And really, I didn't experience what you were talking about, thinking that you would experience in college. Mm. And I really thought I was going to. So I can relate to like that feeling of starting from the ground up. And yeah. Do you think there are a lot of college students who share that sentiment? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there are. I mean, it would be narrow-minded to say no. I just don't know of a lot. Um, so, Because hmm. that's something I haven't really asked. That's not a question I've examined, and I don't have any way of experiencing it either. Mm-hmm. But I would be curious how many people maybe were seeking or expecting what I was just describing from college. I think everyone... It's it's a start of a new life. Yeah. Like your own life. Yeah. And I'm I know people are disappointed by it and I don't Yeah, I wonder how many would be kind of in the same place yeah. at the end of it. It'd be interesting to make a poll. You can make a Google poll. Yeah. Thing they're so There'd easy. There'd be like 40 people that answer. <laughs> hey, you can send it out. You can get you can get more than that if you really really want yeah, to. Yeah, maybe. But that's interesting, though, to, to hear that, though, from somebody who's at the tail end of college now. And so, so far in my poll, <laughs> the one person who's answered has said, no, it didn't provide those things. I feel like it's, that might be just a common occurrence. Just, I mean, it's so chalked up in movies and mm-hmm. everything, too. I'd also be curious to see what the difference is between a religious and a secular university. I feel like a secular university would be a lot more fun and not fun just because it's not Christian or religious, but fun because there's so many more people. There's so many more opportunities. I mean, honestly, the majority of the people that I've met have been outside of John Brown. um, And they've probably given me more more joy than a lot of my experiences at John Brown. Mm -hmm. So I'd be really curious what the difference between that is, too. Yeah. I bet uh, there's some documentary on that. Probably. <laughs> there's a documentary and everything. That's true. <laughs> there's one that actually I'm considering taking out a Netflix subscription free trial for just so I can watch that and then be done with it. What is it? Because I don't want to support Netflix. Yeah. But um, it's a sequel to the documentary called Minimalism. Why do I feel like I've seen that? I want to say it was very popular. It came out in 2016, I think. It was directed by this guy Matt Diavella, and starred or it like followed these two guys who are known on the internet as the minimalists. Hmm. And this is, it's called, um, I think it's called the minimalists. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Classically. Easy enough. (laughs) Yeah. It's the it's the second part of it though, and it's further examining the impact. Not only that that film made on on kind of culture, but also how culture is still going and more development around what is the consumerist culture that we've built Mm -hmm. doing to us. Um, But yeah, I mean, documentaries, there's there's no end. Did you say, have you ever said that you're a minimalist? I feel like I've heard, yeah, okay, I'm... I just wanted to make yes, sure because that's absolutely. I was almost positive I did. What is your definition of minimalism? Like your personal 
My input definition, my short definition is owning things without being owned by things. Oh, wow. That's what I tell people. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because I think you can have as many things as you want, but if at any point you can sit down and really self-examine and say, do any of th these things have a hold on me? And if the answer is yes, then you have a problem, I think. And I'm you... not saying it as a problem in that mm -hmm. you're not as good as I am, but a problem in that if I was in that place, and I, my answer to that is yes, that this thing has a hold on me, I feel trapped. I'm letting something else control me. And not, a, not just, it's not even a person, it's a thing. Yeah. Like, it has no intrinsic value. It is, It exists to serve a need for me. Do you and have... at a certain point, maybe I get, if I get to a place where I'm serving it, I, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice as a human being. So I understand that. I guess I'm just having a hard time, like, conceptualizing what one of those things could be. Do you have, like, an example in the past that, of something that you got rid of because you felt that? I mean, all of my possessions, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that any one specific thing was like felt like a chain, mm -hmm. but just having a lot of things that I didn't intentionally use or make use of seemed pointless to me. Mm -hmm. um, why are they there? They're just kind of taking up space. They don't... Um, what is it? Mui Kondo that made that really popular book on decluttering or something. And her thing is, does it spark joy? <laughs> I think that's your thing, which is a valid question. Like, yeah. does that thing you have bring you any joy? And if it doesn't, what's the point of it? It's just an object. Yeah. Why can't you get rid of it? Um, and then that it frees you up to say yes to other things. That's part of it. It's not okay. just about not having things. It's about having the right things. Mm -hmm. Having things that actually builds you up and are good for you and help you build the life you want to have. Yeah. So for me, music is really important to me. I love that we have... Three stereos and no <laughs> microwave in this apartment. I, I'm totally fine with that because I'm more concerned with being able to listen to music that touches my soul than just being able to pop something in the microwave and heat it up super fast. Ooh. Like those two things, one clearly outweighs the other. Yeah. Um, but when I first hit the road and left home, I got rid of a lot of stuff that I had. Because the, practically speaking, I was trying to live out of a Jeep. Yeah. Like I needed to downsize. I needed mm -hmm. less stuff, which made me examine myself and think, what things do I have that I actually need? And what things do I have just because I thought I needed them? Mm -hmm. And that's been an intentional experiment with me is figuring out what do I actually need and what do I not need? So before I left, I started sleeping on my mom's floor because I was like, well, I may not always be in a place where I can have a bed, so I want to be okay with not having a bed. So while I still had one, I started sleeping on the floor because I wanted to be okay with that. And I learned it was fine. I learned I don't need a bed. That's interesting. It's a great luxury. Like, yeah, I have that's a mattress true. Now. When I moved in here, <laughs> when I moved in here, I bought a mattress. It was the first bed I've ever bought. And I was, I don't get as excited about it as I should. <laughs> Sometimes okay. I do. Do you ever get home from work or something like you end your day and you're just so excited to go to bed? Oh, absolutely. One, like 
90% of the time. That was, I just, That's great. I love my bed. It's such a great feeling. It is. Yeah. I should get to bed earlier more often. Yeah. It yeah. honestly, going to bed early oh, it's so nice. is so nice. Even, not even just going to bed and sleeping, but being able to sit in bed and relax and do what mm-hmm. you want. Even if that's like, I know it's bad, but like getting in bed, getting cozy. I have my dog next to me and getting on my phone and I watch like TikToks for hours. <laughs> it's so relaxing. Like at that time, really, honestly, there's no one that I can like, I'll hang out with friends and stuff. But if I can't find anyone, I'm totally content with sitting in my bed and laughing and just yeah. relaxing. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So I did have like, a. this is just like a weird off track question. Okay, cool. But so you've got minimalism, like if it doesn't bring you joy, you don't need it. But then you have like the minimalistic style. Do you feel like those go hand in hand or do you think one's just for show and the other one's like? I think as you explore the idea of intentionality more in life, you are going to be drawn toward things like that. I I can only speak really out of my perspective, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm a photographer and I'm a minimalist, and so I'm kind of joining these two things together and and realizing really that I enjoy things that are very simple and intentional and focused. I don't think that's necessarily where you end up, mm-hmm. but. I think you learn to appreciate subtlety more as you reduce Mm -hmm. because you just, there's less to focus on. So now you have more time and more focus to give to those things. That makes a lot of sense. So for me, that has come as a result of that. Like I wear black all the time. I'm considering switching it up. I went into John's room yesterday. I was like, do you think I should start wearing brown? (laughs) <laughs> and i'm really considering it i think i'm gonna switch up my wardrobe in the Dude, spring and exciting. change to like more earthy colors yeah 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 but it will be a full change so it will be now this is the only thing i wear part of that is just being trying to be super practical and not have to think as much about what i'm putting on so yeah. if i only have one outfit i don't have to think that makes um, sense. it frees me up but the minimalist design kind of I do enjoy very much. I just think it's better. And it's hard for me. I get that. Like as an artist to define, well, here's what better means. And this is why this style is better than this style. Mm -hmm. Like I look at mid-century design and I think it's probably the only good period of American design we've had in the last hundred years. Yeah. I think between like the 50s or maybe the 60s and 2010 or whatever when mid-century came back in style. Now it's just mid-century modern is the style. Really, it's just it's what they were making 50 yeah. years ago. In between that time, I don't think anything was in terms of furniture and housing, I don't think it looked good. Yeah. I think it was just very ugly and excessive. Yeah. And it's just my t- personal opinion. Yeah. As many people as want can disagree with me. If you love your 1985 kitchen, <laughs> which I'm sorry, that sounds so bad. No. I love the 80s. <laughs> Those speakers are from the 80s. That, that 
the turntable and Apple from the seventies. Like I love that, but I'm specifically specifically thinking about furniture right now. Yeah, I get that. It's clean and it's minimal and it's focused and it's not loud and distracting. I don't want things to be loud and distracting because if I'm distracted, I can't focus. Oh boy, don't come into my apartment. <laughs> I just tried to make my apartment home. Yeah. If I had it all to do genuinely, I would have the things that draw people into a room, like a ginormous, solid uh, island in the mm-hmm. middle of the kitchen. That's kitchen table, no kitchen table. I'd have a beautiful fireplace. And then I would have a couch or like a big sectional that all is like facing each other. So that way, like you can sit because that's where everyone wants to be. Mm-hmm. Like that's where people congregate. And I would, I would absolutely even stick with the modern, like all white. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's great. It's a dream. That's, <laughs> in, that's intentional design. That's See? thinking about what's, what's the the part of life that I really care about that I want to encourage and cultivate in me and in other people. And what are the objects that will actually move me toward that goal? Cause if the things in my environment pull me away from it or don't benefit that area, they're not serving the purpose they could be. They can still serve a purpose. They can, you know, you can set stuff on any table. You can sit on any couch. You can like, be in any room and have people in any room but for me um the community is Mm -hmm. the most important thing about my space so i love hosting people i love having people over i love cooking for people um and i want a space that promotes that and Mm -hmm. that people walk in and immediately they're comfortable and they feel at home and they feel safe and they feel like they can just enjoy themselves and part of that for me also is that I don't want ever, anybody to ever be in my home and worry about damaging my things. Oh, wow. Because I think it was a normal thing, right, growing up to hear, don't wear your shoes inside, don't stand on the furniture. And, like, there was just a lot of, mm-hmm. you had to be very careful in the house. Yeah. And... My family wasn't too bad about this kind of thing, but I had been to people's houses where you like, you're you sit down <laughs> on the couch and you're like really delicately placed, yeah. and you you're terrified of putting a drink down without a coaster, and like if something broke because of you, you'd feel like the world was ending. You know, it's the worst feeling in the world when that's, that happens. That's how my apartment is, you know. <laughs> And now I'm like starting to reconsider it. Wait, you're the person who yes. I would be terrified of upsetting no, not about. Not the shoes. I don't care. I don't care about the shoes. Okay. But yes. Now I feel like my- I was attacking you this whole time. No, no, I didn't feel like you were attacking me at all. It's making me think. Like, is that could that possibly be a feeling that people feel? Because I am I have a dog, so I can't be too big of a clean freak. There's mm-hmm. fur everywhere. Yeah. Like you you leave with a coat on mm-hmm. and you didn't have one when you came. But I am a huge decorator and I like stuff at angles and I can't stand if an angle's off. I'm in no way, shape or form OCD, but now I I bet if I were to ask, 
people would say they don't like coming over because they feel like they're going to disrupt something because I have a space for everything. And I'm so picky about my plants. I'm obsessed with plants and you can't touch the plants. Like, I feel like that's a given. You don't touch people's plants, but a lot of people will. They'll like touch them. I'm like, Sometimes they're so nice and like soft though, you <laughs> They're know? alive. Like that's why I have them there. They have to stay that way. But so I'm I'm curious now. Huh. Maybe you don't even have to phrase it in that way and make it a negative, but you can just encourage the reverse, which is just like let people know they can make themselves at home. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. If, you, if you're comfortable with that. <laughs> I well I just I guess I'm just gonna have to start with what how people feel when they come over because yeah, i'm relaxed to. i mean i've had people break furniture and i don't care so hopefully that like feeling like transmits to yeah my... it probably does <laughs> hopefully because i don't know i think if you are in that situation you're the guest and something does happen that you are nervous about and then the host is like eh, it's not a big deal now the weight is lifted off your shoulders yeah now the next time you come back you can be a little bit more comfortable That's and, you true. Can, and you can understand that the things that are in here aren't necessarily as important as you being in here. Um, if my things were more important than the people in the house, I would just keep the people out and just have my things. That's true. You know, I like I bought that table out there, uh-huh. the coffee table, and John was like, "Do you want to get some like coasters or something for this?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> no," <laughs> because I don't want to be the person who's ever upset if you don't use a coaster. <laughs> coasters and i get upset when people don't use coasters no, it's fine i just i don't even say anything i just put it on a coaster yeah you know and i don't really think about it but most of the time when people come over maybe it's a bad thing that they hold their drinks and they don't set them down <laughs> maybe it is a bad thing but i mean mostly we're all just sitting on the couch my yeah. couch is so comfortable i bought it for like 75 dollars off oh, of facebook man. marketplace it's the most amazing couch i've ever bought i hate the color of it but I love the mm-hmm. couch. What color is it? It's like a dark brown. It just doesn't match my stuff. That's the only reason I don't like it. Okay. But okay. I'm a, like everything has to match. <laughs> I'm really glad that we've been able to be pretty consistent in this apartment. Yeah. You've noticed the brown theme, yeah. the like mid-century sort of look of everything. Everything's brown. Yeah. Um. And this that's a first. <laughs> I I like good design i like consistency and i like simplicity so i i love that we're able to do that but in my previous apartment everything i had was essentially given to me Mm -hmm. it was donations and i just i didn't buy anything because i didn't have money to spend anything yeah and as a result it was just this hodgepodge of different things Mm -hmm. the couch was i think black like faux leather that had been left there by the previous people who lived there so I slept on that the entirety of my one and a half years there. I slept <laughs> on that couch. Then there was this coffee table with like the six glass panes in it. Mm-hmm. And it was painted pink that my, a friend of mine gave to me. And then there was this bench that had three parts and there was a swivel. There were two swivels in, in between the three. And so you could like move them. That sounds it was, cool. It was pretty cool. It was really interesting. <laughs> it was hard as a rock too. It was not a comfortable thing to sit on. But I had that. I never got any stools. I had a counter just like that with like an island mm-hmm. and I never got stools for it. Um, I got another couch at some point that was green and that went there. And then I had a basic sort of Ikea cube 
entertainment mm-hmm. thing that my TV was on and my black speakers on either side of it. Um, but it was just it was just what I had, and it did the job. It was ironic to me though. Now it's ironic looking back now that when I got that place. I chose to look specifically for a place I could live in by myself mm-hmm. because I thought I want the freedom of living on my own and being able to have people over whenever I want because I want community, right? And I almost never had people over there. Yeah. Since I moved in here and I have a roommate, we have people over all the time. <laughs> Even if, if it's awesome. just a friend or two, there's there's somebody over quite often. Mm-hmm. John's girlfriend, Haley, will come over my buddy Joey, who I've known for years, will come over. Or we have people over on weekends sometimes to watch movies. We had a impromptu Friendsgiving some <laughs> weeks back. That's awesome. It was so great. I was so freaking happy about it. Because <laughs> I had been planning to just, I'm going to make a big meal. And I'm going to have people over and we can play games and stuff. So I invited like five or six people maybe. And then they started inviting people too. And I told everybody, like, if you want to bring somebody, bring somebody, bring something to snack on, bring something to drink. All are welcome. And then toward, I mean, once everybody got there, there was probably like close to 15 people oh, wow. in, the, in the apartment. And more people started coming in. And there was all these conversations, these different Aww. conversations happening. I'm literally like ducking around <laughs> people to go continue cooking and just smiling. I'm just beaming the whole time. Aww. Because I was so happy that people came into this space and felt comfortable and felt good being there, felt fine opening the cupboard for themselves and getting a glass out, opening the fridge and grabbing a beer. Like I try to, when people are over, to encourage them, if you want anything, don't ask me, just go up and get it. If you're looking for something, just look for it. You don't have to worry about like, you can't look in that cupboard. Like my voodoo dolls are in there. You can't, you know, (laughs) I have to be careful. The cupboard <laughs> on the bottom left is locked. Don't touch that one, you know? That's such a contrast to, like, what you're, like, taught, though. That I feel like, mm. for me, that that would be something that I... Even if I was comfortable doing it, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Mm. I just the, don't... The having people take care of themselves sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I the fridge is one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not super picky about the fridge, but, like... And cupboards, because in a kitchen, I mean, you don't know where your stuff's going to be. You might. If someone says go get something, I mean, you're going to have to look in all of them. But, like, mm-hmm. this is really weird. And it just came to my mind. So I'll pick up here in a second. Have you ever gone into someone's bathroom when you're over at their house and gone through their bathroom? Not in, like, a weird, like, way. But have you ever Probably done that? Probably most times I'm in people's I bathrooms. Have someone honestly. pointed that out. And I realized that I do that. Like, if I'm sitting there, I'm, like, looking around. Or if I'm washing yeah. my hands, I'm, like, looking underneath their cupboards. And I was, I don't know. When I realized <laughs> that, I was, like, oh, my word. Oh, my gosh. That's so wild. But I do it all the time. I think a so, space can say a lot about people. Yeah. And so I just end up, I'm just curious-minded in general. <laughs> um, I think there are times I'm trying to taper it back. But I just like to look around and yeah you know get to know his face but so with having people help like Mm -hmm. help yourself that phrase i genuinely do mean it okay when i say that to people like i want you when you come in here to think of it as your home as much as it is mine um but usually that starts 
with me being the servant. So I start with, I do, I'm make I'm making food, I serve the food, I make you coffee, I make you tea, like I do all that for you. Mm-hmm. And then when people understand that they're safe here and that this is their space too, then I think it's the next step is to let them, let them make their home here too. Yeah, and, that makes sense. And make those decisions for themselves. So I offer people tea and coffee when they come over. You because, offered it to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, because I want, I I love providing food and drink to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know when I go over to a place, I'm usually thinking at some point, like, I want something to eat yeah. or I want something to drink, but I don't feel comfortable enough to just go looking. Mm-hmm. I want people to be at that place where they know every time I come over to Joel's, he offers me tea. I'm just going to make myself a cup of tea. I want to be at that place. Yeah. Um, and it's ironic because I don't know, I don't know who I have in my life, who I do that with, yeah. who I, whose house I will go over to and not ask before getting something. Yeah. Cause I feel very self-conscious about it. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. The only times I can think about that is just growing up mm-hmm. and having, when I went over to friend's house that I spent like a majority of my time at and it really is like a feeling of belonging and like love on another level. Like my friend Tori, she's amazing. I'm actually one of her bridesmaids. I got to go pick up my dress with her the other day. Oh, it's awesome. I know. It's so awesome. I'm so excited. Her mom would buy me toaster strudel and I was the only one in that house who would eat them. That's so But cool. she literally, you'd go through the fridge and we'd look for stuff and she'd have toaster strudel in there just for me. Like just for me and i would eat the whole <laughs> box and she'd just buy another one like on her grocery store trip that's and, awesome yeah and that awesome feeling i remember it to this day anytime i think of tori i always think of her mom doing that for me and like how much that meant to me so i think that's an awesome thing that you're implementing in your own home because that's really going to like foster an atmosphere of like love and care and hospitality and hospitality is huge and it's hard to think long-term like that. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, you're talking about it as something that you remember from being a kid. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, it's something you think of and it changes, you know, your outlook on things. I'm just thinking about day-to-day. Yeah. I want people to feel comfortable here. But it could be something that has so much, carries so much weight into the future. Yeah. And maybe I would be even more intentional about it if I thought that way. Yeah. It is something that I'm, I, before I moved in here, when I was thinking about making a home for myself and thinking about what I wanted that to look like, I wrote this list of house rules, Mm -hmm. which were basically priorities of what I really want my space to be. And one of them is if there's enough, if there's any at all, there's enough to share Mm. because, and that's hard for me at, at times, especially with food. Yeah. But <laughs> I want to, I want to deliberately practice that kind of generosity because it just—it's so much better than keeping things to yourself. Yeah. Even if like I'm eating the best meal of my life, <laughs> if I share it with somebody else, that means they get to experience it too, and we now both get to share this experience, and yeah. it's just better. Um. 
So that's why I try to always have, I try to always have something to like eat or drink, always have snacks here. In part because I know I have people over and I want there to be things for people to have when they're over. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't snack much. I, mean, I work full time. I'm not home that much. Mm-hmm. So I eat like, I make a sandwich and bring it to work. And then I usually cook like chicken and rice when yeah. I, you know, for dinners. Um, but I try to remember when I'm getting stuff that I should have snacks. One, because it's a nice luxury to have. And two, yeah. because other people also spend time in my home. Yeah. I, mm. I try and offer people food when they come over because I am a social eater. Mm-hmm. That's when I just enjoy eating. Anytime I'm hanging out with someone, I'm like, hey, you want to go get food? It's like we just say, I know, but like I feel like we could really talk if we were eating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I but I also love to eat, and so I really have to watch what comes into my apartment mm-hmm. because I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna make some weird concoction with whatever I have left, and I'm gonna eat it by myself when I'm by myself. So I buy a ton of like raw vegetables, and I that's good. Like pre-cut them, and then like portion them out and bag them so if i want to eat a snack i'll just go grab cut cucumbers and i'll pour ranch in the bag and shake it up and then just eat them and (laughs) i have granola bars everything's healthy like every friend that comes over i'm like hey i made this soup it's it's like healthy soup and it tastes really good and they're like oh that's awesome no i'm not hungry (laughs) or like they don't want a granola bar and i'm like i don't have anything else But I I can't have, I genuinely can't. I don't have the self-control to be like, no, I'm not going to eat that. Yeah. I don't keep candy. (laughs) I don't keep candy. I do have some candy from here. Yeah. (laughs) Is it from, is it leftover candy? Yeah. Like Christmas stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. See, that that makes sense. That's that's forgivable. No, I had some too because my mom, my mom, she sent it to me. She didn't know I was coming back, but I brought it back then, obviously. And, um. It was gone in a day or two. Yeah. It was, there were these little chocolate balls with like caramel or peanut butter in them. Oh, yum. And Reese's peanut butter cups are the best thing ever. <laughs> um, so I devoured those. But that's been a rule. Since I had my apartment in Fayetteville, I told myself, you can't keep candy in the apartment. Yeah. Candy was like my depression food. Yeah. Specifically, the little unwrapped Reese's mini cups. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I don't even have to work to get to them. <laughs> it's just automatic <laughs> Yeah, just open the bag and just grab a handful. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Mm. But they're so good. They're yeah, so they're delicious. so good. They're so good. In so moderation, they're good. <laughs> I try to have, like, I'll allow myself dark chocolate, a bar mm-hmm. of dark chocolate, because I'll have that with, like, coffee. Yum. Which is one of my favorite things in the world. I just love a good cup of coffee. And a simple snack. Mm-hmm. You know, a nice minimalist snack. Yes. <laughs> it brings joy. Yeah. Well, my uh, my boss just today printed out these sheets for us all to fill out of like, tell me your favorite things and all these things. And one of them was dessert. And I thought, what do I really like for dessert? And I thought, sweet potato pie and coffee. From what did where did you say you bought the Whole Foods? Is Whole that where Foods. you bought the? Oh. Yeah, I mentioned that in yeah. the episode. Because oh, <laughs> I've always loved pumpkin pie, and I've only liked it more as I got older. Mm-hmm. And then sweet potato pie, I feel like, is just a step in the right direction. To, mm-hmm. You don't? You're not into it? Do you not like pumpkin pie? Uh-uh, no. Oh, okay. I've tr- I try every year. I try it in hopes yeah. that one day it's gonna like I'm gonna acquire the taste for. It, but it's fine. 
it's okay. his own. But I do know a lot of people who like sweet potato pie. Yeah. I've heard of, I didn't hear of it until this year, but now I feel like it's one of those things that like pops up everywhere. I didn't either. Maybe it's one of these health revolution Maybe. things. People are saying, well, sweet potato is better for you <laughs> than pumpkin. But anyway, that's what I put down there. That's so awesome. I try to have something that's reasonable and not super loaded with sugar mm-hmm. um, to, you know, enjoy and indulge myself. For a while, that was my breakfast. I'd get up in the mornings and I'd sit here and I'd listen to a podcast and read. Mm. And I would have a cup of coffee and a little bar of dark chocolate. Yeah. Have it. you tried the, is it Kaya chocolate? I here? haven't. Oh, they're so good. That's where you, I should go yes. if I want to buy coffee. Uh-huh. And you can I mean sample chocolate. all of the little chocolates. And they have the ones that like don't even taste like chocolate. There's like no part of it that's sweet. But it, they're honestly so good. Yeah. It's it's um. You want to eat more of it. You'll taste it, and it's bitter, and you're like, oh, I think just maybe one more bite. Yeah. And then you end up eating the bar. But it's okay because it's like 90% cocoa, and it, there's like no sugar in it anyways. Yeah. And it's still like, it makes you happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to get it sometime. I met the owner, incidentally, and he was really nice. And I was like, man, why have I not been to Kaya Chocolates? I love Yeah, chocolate. you got to try it. I know they sell it at Onyx, and I mm-hmm. think maybe that's one of the reasons they haven't tried it, because I bought one bar from them one time. And it was too much for me. It yeah. was too bitter. It was too... I wasn't ready for that mm-hmm. chocolate. And so maybe it turned me off. Yeah. And it's expensive. So it's not yeah. something I indulge in that That's often. true. You got to go to the... They have a store up in... Oh, gosh. It, I think it's Bentonville. I don't really know that area very well. But, but also in Fayetteville, by the mall. You know where Schmitty's Garage is? Mm-hmm. Right next to them. Okay. There's a store there. And the people there know everything there is to know about chocolate. And you can try all the ones so you can see what you like and what you don't like. If you get the chance, try their tiramisu bar. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. It's unbelievable. Okay. But, yes, sorry. (laughs) No, no, you apologize. (laughs) I love it. But, yeah. So I keep questions for Mm -hmm. this that I try to dig into. Okay. Um, I need to get a notebook because I hate looking at my phone when doing this. (laughs) And it would also be nice to be able to take notes. I'd be like, let me write that down, you know? Yeah. Like you said something earlier that I thought was great, and I can't remember exactly what it was. I so I have to you. listen to it again. <laughs> um, let's see here. So we're going to go over some and okay. pretend that these are like off the cuff, and it'll feel more natural. Okay. Um, some of them are more difficult than others. Okay. I do like to ask people just because it's, I think a valuable thing is to name something that is hurtful to them. What's something that's done that for you? Oh, gosh. Actually, something immediately came to my mind, and it's... I'm trying to figure out how to, like, word it, because it's it's those little instances where you feel like no one cares or is paying attention. And it's not like you're alone. It's when you're with a group of people and you say something... And no one responds, but you know they all heard you. Mm. And that like feeling. Or when you're laughing and someone tells you to not laugh that loud. That brings tears to my eyes. It hurts me so deeply. Mm. And I I make a habit to not be that person. Even if someone's... Laughter to me is something you should never dull unless it's like directed towards someone in a hurtful way. So... You will never hear me say, like, don't laugh so loud. Or, like, even talking about someone's laugh. I always enjoy people's laugh. And my family has some 
very interesting laughs. I think maybe that's why is because the, we have some of the most awesome laughs and and I just grew up around that and and that and then when someone like you're like in a group of people or maybe like your shoe comes untied and so you stop and like tie your shoe and everyone just keeps walking. It's just little instances like that. Like those dig the deepest. They genuinely make you feel like they don't even think you're there. Mm. And yeah, that's, those are just small examples of like mundane things in life that you just really dig deep. Yeah. yeah. Make you feel very alone. Yeah. No, I relate to that. Loneliness is a horrible disease. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like a wise way to say what I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> because this is all about image. It's all about how people <laughs> perceive me. Um, no, but it's 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 a disease in how it spreads, but it's not a disease that you like it spreads because of something in you, it's because of yeah. other people often. Yeah. I think. Though maybe it's probably both. I've struggled a lot with loneliness. Me too. So I need to I've I haven't examined though if it comes more internally or externally. I haven't asked that question so much. Okay. On okay. a on a different note what's something in particular that brings you a lot of joy or that quiets your soul as i say i i guess being around people talking to people i'm so social mm-hmm. and it i love it. car rides talking to people there's no expectations to like go and do something other than drive and talk it just instantly brings peace. That's awesome. Yeah. I've I've only been privileged to have those kinds of car rides a, a number of times. And they're great. The people in my life who do that, who make a practice of it, um, are convicting for me. Yeah. Because I can be really goal-oriented at times. Mm-hmm. And... Driving was always to me about getting someplace, mm-hmm. and also I'm using gas, so that's like money. I'm you know burning money basically, but there are you you anywhere you go, you're using yeah. gas. Like that's yeah. just inevitable. Now, what else can you do to make the most of this? And if your goal is just, no, oh, we're just gonna drive, so we have a space to sit in and scenery to see and words mm-hmm. to share. That's such an important thing, I think. Just think of the gas as the intentional part that you're putting into it. Yeah. Like, that's the... Whenever I go driving and I'll have, like, those times, the gas is worth it. If I think about gas, what comes... I love doing it so much that if I think about gas, I'm like, I'll figure out a way to get gas money. Uh I'll sell something on Facebook. I'll get $20 and I'll fill up my tank. It's going to be okay. But I'll tell you on the flip side, one of the things that makes you the most sad is driving by yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. not the same. Yep. Joe Rogan accompanied me on my <laughs> nine-hour drive home, so I was I was better off. That was great. It was the first opportunity I'd had to listen to the mm-hmm. Joe Rogan show. Have you listened to it at all? I Are there two podcast people that have similar names? Isn't there? There's Joe Rogan, and then... Is Joe Rogan... Joe Rogan is the... He's the biggest 
podcast person in the yeah, world. Yeah, and he's yeah. He's bald. He's an MMA guy. Yeah, I've listened he to him. He everybody. He's so powerful, and his words are so powerful that sometimes he makes me really upset because <laughs> I feel like he has so much potential. He's to reach so many he's people. He's very polarizing, and I think he is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And he has a lot of wisdom to be able to talk to so many different people. Yeah, absolutely. And not drive everyone away. Yeah, that's true. I I actually had this conversation with someone where I feel like he could be one of the most influential. He already is yeah, one yeah. of the most influential. Mm-hmm. That I, I just feel like he can literally... He's already doing so many cool things, and he does do cool things. That is just wild. I think I also have him and Dan Bazillion. Bazillion. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah, you don't. It's okay. But sometimes I get them mixed up. But I do, yeah. Okay. I've I've definitely listened to his podcast. And one of them about, like, a bear. Someone he had on the show, like, escaped a bear attack on, like, an island. Oh, wow. I listened to it on the way home from Florida. There was a guy, one of the episodes I saved was somebody who I think went out to the Alaskan wilderness for a long time to, like, test himself. Uh It's something to do with that. Maybe it was on that episode. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. This guy went to like an island that's known for bears, like a secluded island. Oh. Yeah, to go bear hunting. And he, like, they ended up getting attacked and like, or something like that. But actually, now that I'm thinking about it, he did a podcast on the benefits of big game hunting in Africa that I ended up doing like a huge 20 page paper on. And I actually turned my professor for it. And she told me, <laughs> she was like, when you said you were going to do this, I was totally like turned off by it. Like that, that I don't understand how she's going to say it was a good thing. But I did my research for that. I quoted him in it. I quoted the guy he had, like the biologist, zoologist guy that was on the show. And like, it was a good paper. And I've never had so much fun writing a paper. Wow. I wrote that whole paper in a day and didn't stop because it was Man. so fun. There's, see, he's got, he's got a lot. There's a lot you can learn from him. Yeah. From him and then his, like, obviously he has tons of different people on. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. I wanted, I knew I should listen to it at the very least because I'm trying to do a similar kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I should listen to the people who are already doing it really well. Yeah. Um, I think he is much, um, I shouldn't compare myself to Joe Rogan. That's okay. <laughs> no, I was just, I mean, it goes without saying he's much better at talking to people than I am. Like he's, yeah. He also does it for like a living. Yeah, he so. does, he gets paid like a Spotify sign in like a three million dollar contract or something like that. That's insane. Yeah, it's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> Maybe got someday. this. But um, I don't know how we got on that one. I have no idea. Oh, pe- people, <laughs> people bringing you joy, and then being in cars with people. And then listening to, podcasts, and listening to podcasts. On drive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll move on to another question. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever, do you, this isn't one of the questions. Okay. Do you ever have a conversation and get to a random spot like that and then try and trace it backwards to how you got there? Yeah. All the time. Cause I'm so bad at it. I love Just like that. take rabbit holes all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, we talked about that. And that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I just find it really fun. It's very satisfying. Um... For your sake, so this is about benefiting you. For your own sake, what's something you wish people understood about you? How much I think in my head. 
Yeah. Like, I I know that I don't look very nice from the outside, but I promise it's just because of all I've got going on inside my head. 24-7, I'm always, like, playing out conversations I had with someone, conversations I'm going to have, something that I saw, something that I read. My mind is going a million miles an hour, and I would be happy to stop thinking in my head and actually talk to someone. Hmm. That's a really good thing to keep in mind for everybody listening, for all of our million <laughs> listeners. Um, bear that in mind. Just talk. Yeah. Talking breaks the silence and it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And let other people talk. Yes. Like, because yeah. a lot of us are walking around with a lot of words in our head mm-hmm. that we are afraid to let out. Yep. Yeah. That's a good thing. It is. That's, thing. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I like to ask that question to people is, especially in with this Mm -hmm. is i don't know how many people will hear it potentially a lot of people could hear it and now that changed the perspective and now they're thinking about that when they approach people is i remember hearing that post on that podcast that this was something they were really sensitive about and i never think about it i should be more careful so i want to get that out there for people yeah open up our sensitivities (laughs) um Oh, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, it's hard for me. Like, these are, I haven't adjusted these much. I've been thinking about them a okay. little bit. What? This is a really hard question to, to, artic- to like, have any solid answer for. Okay. But what do you think might be different? How might the world look different if Abby wasn't in it? Oh, my word. I have no idea. You've seen It's a Wonderful Life, right? Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Oh. I honestly don't even know what that is. No? No. Oh. <laughs> and now the opportunity's gone because yeah. it's, it's, well, Wait. I mean, you could watch it again, but it's a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, no. It's um, it's an old Christmas movie with Jimmy Stewart, the concept of which is he falls on hard times. He lives in this tiny town that he's always kind of been, he feels like he's almost kind of been better than it. He feels mm-hmm. stifled. And... He wants to kill himself. It's Christmas Eve. And he jumps off a bridge, though, to save somebody else who he thinks just tried to kill himself. Mm. And he pulls the guy out of the river. And the guy is his guardian angel and now shows him around the town and shows him how different the world would be without him. I have seen that. Okay. I, I know that, but that's really the only part I can recall. Okay. Um... Obviously, we don't get a glimpse into that. Yeah, I I think, like, if I were to seriously, like, go to the places that I usually go and say, like, what would life look like? Oh, wow. I do smile a lot. Yeah, I feel like people wouldn't have someone that would look at them and smile and be genuinely interested at times. There are times where I'm not. <laughs> just because you're having an off day and it's just a lot. That's a lot of energy to put forth. Mm-hmm. But I think at my job, there would be a ton of people that would just come in and walk out and not get to talk about how their day is going while they're waiting or that it's going to be okay 
when their pet is not doing well or like celebrating with them when they get a puppy or a kitten. Like that's exciting. And I guess, I mean, a majority of what I do is at school. I mean, I'm at work. And then school, they just wouldn't have to read my eight-sentence discussion <laughs> posts that really I'm just winging. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> so you see the the smiling and the positivity is a, that's a positive to have in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the positive part. Some people would also be missing out on the sass. When yeah, you they gotta ask have sass. An interesting question that really is just. <laughs> Man, I have this problem where often people ask me a question, and the first place my brain goes is thinking of some kind of jackass sort of remark. <laughs> and if I can't think of one, I don't say anything. So oh, people gosh. ask a question, and it, my the gears in my brain start turning, and they don't find anything, and I just silence. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like answer just very genuinely because it was just a simple question yeah. and it's it's a bad habit but that's my that's my sass coming out yeah I, it's very hard that's how i just always ask what i'm like excuse me what was that huh i deal with very interesting people that sometimes just ask me questions that all i can say is what? And then I'll put them on hold and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and I'll be like, sorry for the wait. Yeah, so let me ask the doctor about that. And I'm like, Can I have an example? Yes. Um, and for the sake of this lady, I don't even know her name. I don't remember. She calls me. Oh, we don't need to name names. And Oh, yeah. And she goes, does the doctor do vasectomies on dogs? And I said, uh, What? Does the doctor do vasectomies? I'm like, you mean like a neuter? And no, vasectomies. I'm like, so like, it's, they're still there, but they just don't work? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let me ask real fast. And doc, my doctor goes, what? No. <laughs> She's like, not at all. I'm so sorry. For those uh, who don't know, Abby works at an animal yes, hospital. Yeah. Uh, anyways. <laughs> and so, like, I was just so perplexed because she wanted them there for looks. That's But she didn't want them to work on, a, on an animal. Yeah. That just didn't make sense to me. The, there are places that offer, um, there are, like, animal testicle implants. I d I've heard of those that blows my mind now yeah isn't that amazing like, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's a business so I, guess... I believe that there are people and this is northwest arkansas like yeah let's be real like there's gonna be yeah, those people yeah that's true i the guess plastic she... surgery market isn't big enough here for the <laughs> the testicular implants thing i think but them asking you know can we just leave them there i can see that happening yeah well that was very interesting and i just remember asking like five times what she meant because i couldn't comprehend the fact but i guess she was coming from a hormone standpoint and wanting to make sure that the purebred dog that she got would stay healthy enough and produce enough testosterone but it's yeah. actually on the flip side that it can be really harmful huh. so it can, it's probably a confidence thing too. You know, he looks down. He's like, "Oh, I guess I don't I'm know." Not like the other ones. No, you know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what how dogs feel about that. I think my dog's fine. He, I don't even think he he knows. <laughs> so, 
Probably not. Yeah. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Interesting turn. Uh, John commented the other day um, that I have these squeaks that come out when I laugh. Yeah. And, and I do. I'm trying to reduce them. Why? <laughs> oh, right. I know. I mean, I... <laughs> we just talked about this. I Laughs are awesome. I sound like that penguin on Toy Story sometimes. I I did not ever pick that up. And really? I said, yeah, okay. no. <laughs> I'm slightly self-conscious about it. Oh, don't be self-conscious. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody else has ever noticed, but um, I've always noticed it. If I laugh really hard, I'm like, oh, I lost some air there and I squeaked. <laughs> That was interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, this is a more serious one too. Okay. Which we didn't really dig too much into this necessarily. We touched on the surrounding subject. Mm-hmm. Um, what does spirituality look like in your life? Hmm. Maybe I should start with what it should look like in my eyes and then what it does look like because I feel like that's easier without sounding like I'm high and mighty because okay, sure. that's not true at all. To me, spirituality, I'm not a huge fan of spirituality, more so a relationship. with the divine. Yes, yeah, that's... That because I feel like you can say spirituality and it's more of like a like a oneness with your surroundings and peace where I feel like that's something you can obtain through a close connection with I'm going to say God because that's where I am and so that spirit spirituality to me is building that up and implementing it in my everyday life and and not just in my relationship with God, but how my relationship with God affects like everything I'm doing, like the sassy comments with people and being like, oh, I shouldn't have said that or like feeling like I should connect with people or when I do connect with people as well as like thinking about like psych- psychological questions because that's a huge part of like what I think about now and how I can like intertwine the two. And so what? It should look like something that is intangible being turned into a physical person that is being radiated to other people and not in an overwhelming way, but in an intriguing way. Unfortunately, I feel like a a lot of times, most of the times I don't live up to that. And so what spirituality in my life looks like right now is knowing what I should be doing doing it, sometimes not doing it, and really, like, struggling right now. And in a good way. Like, it's a struggle that's worth it, but I am struggling, and I'm not too great at it. But also that spirituality gives me peace. It it does. And so I feel like that's one of the things that it should look like is knowing that in a chaotic place there is peace even if you can't tell from the outside the inside has peace and also spirituality is like fighting off what the devil is trying so hard to do because I feel like he's everywhere he's so 
he's easier to come into contact with than God is just because the world is his. It is. And we're on it and we're trying, we're waiting until Christ comes down again to be able to go home with him. But also like, since we are here, we are constantly fighting. Like you can't let your guard down or else it will over take you if you're not ready. And so spirituality to me is making sure that I can fight those battles on days. And sometimes you lose, sometimes I lose, (laughs) but I guess that was a super wide answer, like kind of everywhere, but that's a huge question though. That is a huge question. Yes, yes it is. (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious because I haven't really, you're only the fourth fifth person i've mm-hmm. interviewed in this way so i don't i had i haven't had that many chances to ask the question but this is the first time i've actually asked it in mm-hmm. that specific way we've touched on spirituality i think in each of our conversations incidentally this is about people and their stories so obviously for most people some aspect of spirituality is an important part of that mm-hmm. so i do want to ask it intentionally yeah um, I don't know how I would answer it, really? but I'm working it out. I'm excited. Or I'm excited for when you do that. Yeah. I'm excited I mean, to hear it. I'm continuing to answer it. It's always being added on to. Yeah. Because it's, I'm discovering more mm-hmm. all the time. I'm growing. If there's some fixed point a billion miles away that I can see that is the goal as long as I'm moving vaguely in that direction, even if I meander back and forth a little bit, yeah. hopefully it grows and changes all the time as I get closer to it, even though I'll never be at the same spot as it. By grow closer to it, do you mean like achieving the goal of being close to God? Is that what you mean? I mean, if using that analogy continuing in it Mm -hmm. the closer i get to that thing the more i can see of it okay that makes okay i understand that so the more i understand of it Mm -hmm. the thing doesn't have to be moving but since i'm moving Mm -hmm. and i'm changing it's going to look different all the time yeah like that beautiful line in i think it's the silver chair one of the narnia books uh aslan is kind of the analogy for god in that mm-hmm. and um lucy who's one of the main four children mm-hmm. meets him again in this book whichever one it is i think it's a silver chair and she says aslan you even you're bigger than you were before um and he said well that's because you've grown she said well wouldn't that make you smaller he said no because every year that you get larger i do too oh wow that's not a quote i wish i had the quote (laughs) but i think you get the idea yeah like as we get closer to that thing the majesty of it only grows yeah um so i can confidently say i am happier with where i am spiritually than i've ever been i am i think in a much better place than i've ever been Mm mm-hmm 
I'm in a very different place than <laughs> I've ever been. And I think that's really good because, again, it's just I'm I'm changing because my perspective is changing and I, I'm actively pursuing things and trying to be better in, in all areas. And, um, yeah, so I'll never have a straight answer of this is what it looks like, this is what spirituality looks like for me and what it will always be. Yeah. Because I just don't think i'll ever be at that place anymore i never think i'll be at a place where i'll think i think where i'll think that i've arrived and i think i grew up thinking of that yeah i think i grew up thinking one of these perspectives has it right and if i just figure that one out then i'll have it right mm-hmm. um i don't think that way anymore <laughs> yeah well. no nope. i think everybody gets something right and everybody gets something wrong yeah and i like to learn from all of them so here's a question. We're going to try and I'm going to try and figure out a format for how it ends because yeah. I don't know how to do that. Do you eat kiwi? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Do you eat the skin? I have before, but I have to get all of the like fuzz off the of it. Off? Yeah. Because okay. it messes. I just don't like the feeling of it on my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that might be an interesting that segue into an end. Like it would be <laughs> funny, but you do eat the skin. Yeah. So it's just normal. <laughs> it's like two normal aliens talking to each other. Awesome. Have you had golden kiwi? No, I haven't. No? They taste a little bit different. They're still delicious, but they're not fuzzy. Oh. They have them at Walmart. They have them at Walmart. They do have them at Walmart. I, have to go I used to eat a kiwi every morning for, I mean, several months at least. I ate one every morning just for the nutritional benefit. Are they super they're beneficial one of the most nutrient dense fruits we have oh wow yeah i didn't know that they're pretty cheap too yeah they're not bad at all i have to go get a kiwi it was one of those interesting things that when i started buying them every day and i would mention them to people that they're really great you should eat them more often in general i think when you mention to people they should eat more fruit which i know i i hardly eat anything now it's always like Ah, it's so expensive though. Food's so expensive. It is expensive. But then I, but then I started buying kiwi, and I was like, "But this is like seven, this is like six, seven dollars for a thing that lasts me a week. That's like two candy bars." <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know? that is so true. Um, but I think that's a a normal response for when you're not used to buying a certain type of food. Mm-hmm. It's like. I think that thing's expensive. Yeah. I don't know. I majorly cut down my uh, grocery bill when I started buying, like, produce and doing, like, yeah. the bagging thing. Uh-huh. I'm talking, like, $75, like, cut down. Now, what is this contrast? Produce from what? What What was the difference Freeze. there? And, and what? So, like, like, basically what I do now is, like, chicken with, like, couscous or rice. And then this is some the grocery segment type of yeah sorry, with some type of vegetable. What's couscous? It's I don't even know, but it's actually really good. It's got a way higher fiber content than rice, okay. and you should try it sometime. It's so it's so much easier than rice. Is to it make. similar to rice? Because I eat a lot of rice. Kind of. It's like got a, It's a weird consistency because you like almost don't have to chew it because it's so small. That it, it oh. takes a second to get used to, but it tastes like butter even if you don't put butter in it. So it tastes like buttered noodles huh. that you like don't. I have am to gonna need chew. to look this up. Yes, and so before I was buying like stuff to make pastas and stuff to make like dinners versus like 
just like sticking to like a vegetable, a grain, and chicken. Anyway, so then I like start switching over to that and saved a ton of money because I'm not buying a whole bunch of processed foods and I feel way better. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good. Yep. <laughs> this ends the grocery segment of the show. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think would be a good outro? I've... When people leave or when I say goodbye to people, I usually say stay frosty. Nice. I don't, I don't know how that how that sits though. Oh, Ty, Ty and I were discussing this in the last episode. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. I'm not very creative, so I can't ever... I'm not witty either, so I, I have no idea. So far, each episode is ended with bursts of laughter. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs>